Today on Melcast, we talk to LaShawn Thomas. We also talk about all the books that came out this week. And we also talk about Star Wars, Back to the Future, Norse mythology, and a little bit about Crimson Peak. Woo! All this and more today on Melcast 3.0! Welcome to Meltcast. Welcome back. This is uh, Eddie. We got Eddie. I'm Aristotle, and today we got Lashawn Thomas. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, no I'm still waking up, so you, <laughs> you, you you're gonna watch. You, my, my baritone is gonna disappear <laughs> throughout the course of the conversation, and I'll start getting more excited. It's fine. We're, all, we're all still waking up. <laughs> Some of us who aren't here are still waking up, probably. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Holly and Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but. LaShawn, if people do not know already, you are a character designer, a producer, director, creator of, of, uh, let's, let's, I made notes. Uh. (laughs) It it, it helps me out now, this is a lesson I learned, but you've worked on The Batman, Batman Brave and the Bold, The Boondocks, Ben 10, Black Dynamite, and Legend of Korra, among a lot of other things. Yeah, it's over a span of, uh... I think I, I would say this year would would this November would mark ten years. Have you um, been in animation? That I've been in animation in the Hollywood system, you know, like living in Hollywood or being involved in Hollywood studios, producing, mm-hmm. working in animation and stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird, you know. This this November uh, is a tenth anniversary of the Boondocks we premiered in '05. So it's kind of coming up. I don't know if they're doing anything special. I just realized that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 been a been kind of a whirlwind. I I think what I do though is um, I mean there are a lot of guys who are just between in the in the span of ten years have worked on dozens of shows. I just don't they don't have big mouths like I do. So <laughs> <laughs> how was it working on the Boondocks? Um, it was it was great. Um, you know, obviously. Um, you're getting the hindsight version of it now you know thinking back um it was it was it was crazy you know i i I had just moved to los angeles for for the boondocks um from the east coast you know i'm from new york city from uh, brooklyn right south bronx but i did live in brooklyn for like two years before i left i moved to greensboro north carolina for a couple of years before i um relocated to los angeles um but uh yeah it was crazy um moving out here for that it was scary you know mm. i didn't know anybody out here really you know so i came out here for this job um to develop this show you know based off of this popular comic strip you know yeah. um it was great the first season you know was crazy developing the show was um unique i had come on board after there was a pilot already produced mm-hmm. um for fox Believe it before or not, it, uh, <laughs> before it went on Cartoon Network. Yeah, before it went to Cartoon or Network. Adult Swim. Yeah, on yeah. Adult Swim, there was a pilot for Fox. Can you imagine the Boondocks uh, on, on Fox? Fox? That'd be a watered uh, down version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Pre- I mean, hey, look, you know, I, I thought it was pretty watered down. I, I thought it was cool. I saw it. I thought it was yeah. cool to see them moving, but it, 
it it's not it wasn't you know what I think the audience or the average person who knows the animated show knows it as it mm-hmm. it was clearly I think the most I think I think the most offensive word on the pilot the Fox pilot was the word Negro I think that was like <laughs> I mean when you think about Fox like yeah that's pretty that's, that's pretty racist for, for, for them <laughs> you know so um, but no it was a good experience um, it was a learning experience I learned a lot. Um, the time was crazy. It was 2004. I moved hmm. out to develop it. You know, it premiered in 05. We had a lot of development time for it, more than any other show that I've ever worked on hmm. for an t- animated TV series. Um, most of the development is, you know, um, before the green light. Once the green light happens, the show's in production. But we were like, Oops, sorry. oh, somebody's getting paid. <laughs> <clears throat> Go on, we, sorry. Oh no, it's okay. We were like, uh, we had a good amount of production time, development time for this, you know. Um, and uh, it was it was really unique. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I kind of didn't know what I was doing, you know. Um, I don't think anyone kind of knew what they were doing. We knew what we wanted. Um, and you it just, just gotta took a, go in and pretend like you know what you're doing, and then do it, and then you'll one day you're just gonna be like, oh, "Shit, I know how to do this." <laughs> well, I think it was I think it was also the nature of the show. You know, the show itself was it had never really been done before. You mm-hmm. know, we were trying to combine a lot of different things um, that a lot of people didn't have a lot of experience in active experience, and you know, we were trying to combine anime uh, influence. You know, we were heavily watching Samurai Champloo at the time in 04 when it had just come out. It wasn't even available. I don't even think it was on Toonami in 04. I mean, we had the that's, bootleg tapes of watching that stuff. That's the funny thing about the the show, that, and one of the things I tell people when, uh, even maybe if you don't like, like the context of the show, or anything, or the comedy or whatever, the action scenes in the show itself were so amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, the, uh, that's a good point. You know, um, Aaron... And I'm not speaking for the guy, but just based off my experience with him, he was a big fan of anime. He was a big fan of, you know, and Samurai Champloo was the hype. Like, yeah, it was like low key hype for us because it wasn't it wasn't licensed in the states yet. No one, you know, I don't even. Tsunami didn't get a hold of it. Like we were just like, yo, this hip hop (laughs) anime thing is crazy. So we would take screen grabs of that show. We would like on our computers screen grab and just like line just photos up on the wall throughout various, you know. When I, first, of the studio, when I first saw that reference. show, I uh, ordered a bootleg copy of it off of like eBay. <laughs> that was the only way like to get it here yeah. without paying like a hundred and something at like yeah. an anime shop. Or something. Yeah, it was it was expensive. It was hard to get that kind of stuff, and um, that was our reference. That was our visual reference. And obviously, we didn't have the we didn't have a lot of people who had experience with producing that kind of work at the pre production level. Um, uh, so it, the first season was was a, a work in progress. You know, we had a nice mix of talented people, experienced people, but people who had experienced some more of the older shows. Mm-hmm. You know, like Happily Ever After, Freakazoids, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And we were like, "Yo, just look at Chamoy Champlo and just do this." <laughs> and like, you know, we had a lot of guys who didn't have an experience. They'd come off, you know, you know, we had we started at Sony when they had just wrapped up all their shows. Uh, Big guy and Rusty. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just bought that that trade. Um, and then they had uh, Godzilla and Men in yeah, Black, yeah. and these are all shows that at one time were all at Sony Studios. So a lot of those guys either moved on to Warner Brothers or Cartoon Network, and the people that stuck around were working on our show. So you know, we were these young you know cats coming in like, yo, 
Samurai Champloo anime. <laughs> and we had a lot of older cats who were just like, what? what? You know, like all of their storyboards would have characters grouped together in two shots. You know, their hands would be apart like they're holding an invisible pizza. Like this very old school, classic cartoon Traditional type of, thinking of yeah, staging, yeah. you know. And it was an arduous task to kind of unlearn that stuff with people and get it to a, a stage where, you know, we could use some of those stylistic approaches of Samurai Champloo and stuff. So it, that was one of our biggest influences. Um, and that was, I think, visually our, our, our core uh, reference for that show. Um, but it was cool to be able to be young. And, you know, I was like 28, 29 <laughs> doing that show. And, um, you know, my boss was a brother. You know what I'm saying? He loved <laughs> hip hop. You know, Carl Jones was with me. Like, it was just cool. To, I'd never had an experience like that where I would go to a studio and just talk how I want to talk, and we talk about the shit. Part of my French, <laughs> no, you know. You can, you can oh yeah, we could talk about the stuff that we talk about in barber shops in the hood. But we yeah. would, it would be in our rooms, and then we would go and make up anime cartoon <laughs> style. Like it was just too good to be true for me. It was a great experience. Um, and I was on that project for three years. You know, I left after season two. So I mean, <clears throat> it turned out to be such like an amazing show that like everyone loves now. Like, yeah, I, I still I still remember watching the. I, I think I watched the first episode on on Adult Swim, and just kind of. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember what it was like because I also remember like having to be, like a little kid, like staying up late watching TV but trying to keep it quiet for my mom, and that just being like so worth it. I don't know I how mean, y'all got away with watching that show, but it makes <laughs> sense. You know, when we were kids growing up, you know, my parents would make us go to bed so her and her girlfriends and her friends would stay up late night you know having drinks or whatever in the, in the living room <laughs> listening to Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy record stand up you know records you know and this stuff it was raw you know Eddie Murphy yeah, raw, raw on record like they would all stay up late <laughs> and listen you know in the 80s we'd listen to this and we would have to go to bed but me and my brothers would be up like our ears to the, the floor door. to the door <laughs> cracking up at the jokes like we weren't supposed to listen to that so you know, when I hear, when I, at, at first, when I hear someone says, oh man, Boondocks, I remember watching that when I was in elementary school. I'm like, who lets you watch that show? <laughs> you know? But then I think about it, like, I would have been the same way, you know? Yeah. I would have been like sneaking to watch it. Especially now you got your own phone. You can just kind of you know, just be on there. <laughs> you know? So. When you were working on the show, did you expect it to kind of turn into what, what it was at that point or like what it became? Uh, like when you first started working on it, you're like, "Oh, this is going to be something that's going to just completely blow everyone's minds." Or, you know, I, I had I had different. I mean, everybody at different stages, I believe, had different expectations of the show. Um, and I can't speak on all of them, but it, that I got the sense that everybody's relationship with the show dictated their expectations. Like, I'm pretty sure, obviously, Aaron of all people had a lot of, you know. Yeah. expectations to meet you know as as the creator the showrunner coming off of the hype of the comic strip um but me as a as a supervising character designer and then later a co-director as a storyboard artist i <clears throat> you get so involved in the artwork the process that you know by the time the show airs like it doing well is unfortunately the last thing that's on your mind like you're just worried about it looking good <laughs> you know what i mean like and it was a unique experience for me um, I think the only time I got worried, I was in thinking about how people would react to it was when the script started coming in. You know, the first script we got was the R. Kelly script. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, I, I'll never forget it. I remember my girlfriend at the time, um, 
we were at the Grove, and I had just gotten the R. Kelly script. I had, I took, I, I read it, I glanced, and I couldn't believe it. And then I'm, I'm with the script, and I'm just like, I can't believe we're about to make this shit. Like this is, th- we're gonna get canceled. Like we're not gonna, we're, we're not gonna last very long. Like I, like I had that, I held on to that script for a long. I, I read it over and over and over because I was just trying to vision the stuff that was being said in the context in animation mm-hmm. you know and just like this just this is not this is this is gonna this is wildly inappropriate this is gonna cause a lot of drama you know and that's the only time i was like had like a legit like interest in like how people would react to the show or whether it would be big was when we got the scripts but yeah. once the train left the station as far as production is concerned i just I was forgot just, too, all just forgot all about. I was just yeah. so stressed with <laughs> the art, the artwork, and producing it and making it and stuff like that. So, um, but uh, when we premiered, it was there was a nervousness, and then when the ratings came, and they're just like, "What?" and like everybody <laughs> was just freaking out, and uh-huh. Al Sharpton got upset, and there was just a lot of there was such uh, there was a lot like, of drama. Yeah, it seemed like there was a lot of like backlash from just everyone yeah, well it was uh, it was more of a polarizing response than anything like you it was there there was no middle ground when we premiered that show i felt it was you were either like this is just brilliant like brilliant and then there was just this is awful like <laughs> you you know not supposed to talk about this this is you you know you airing our dirty laundry like from a, a <laughs> cultural standpoint i got i got a lot of that you know like there was no middle ground with that show like you either loved it or you were not on board you know so and in retrospect, I'm glad that that show got made. Like, that show was, I mean, you think about what we were coming off of as far as representation and animation for TV prior to that show dropping. I mean, outside of the PJs, which had a short lifespan, um, the other. A lot of people other, forget about that show. Yeah, that, was, that show was the show. Uh, to, yo, just, yo, yeah. PJs would do. I, the PJs was just a little ahead of its time, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, a claymation show that was, like, subversive and. Mm you know irreverent and like <laughs> you know what i mean like i just think it was a little too ahead of its time you know um but we're coming off of a static shock proud family tv face mm-hmm. of animation you know and then we go this way with it <laughs> you know and it was the perfect timing it was it was it was it was on time you know it was uh, it, and and it kind of reflected the mindset of a lot of young a lot of young kids who were absorbing it too you know so <clears throat> So you said the Boondocks was uh, you came to LA to work on the Boondocks mm-hmm. and that was your first job in animation? No, 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 not at all. It was my first job working for a studio in in Hollywood, animation Uh-oh. studio in Hollywood. I I I gotten started in animation uh, in flash animation oh. back in the late nineties. I was working on a flash cartoon called <laughs> World Girl. You probably don't. You probably. I don't know how young you were in '96, '97, but um, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm aging myself here. But um, but that was like my first experience, you know, with 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 flat with with animation was a Flash cartoon called World Girl, and it wasn't it wasn't Flash as we know it now. Obviously, this was when Macromedia owned it before Adobe picked it up. Mm. Um, and it was more of like what you would see today is more of like a very fancy web comic. Back then, that was the kind of level of animation we were dealing with, obviously. Um, and then, as the programs got, you know, got more along advanced. more advanced, you know, more animators start picking it up. I think right around two thousand, two thousand one was the big dot com boom in New York City, and that's when I started bouncing around. I did some work at MTV commercials. I worked at Tape House Tunes um, as an assistant animator in two thousand and one. Um, 
as a assistant animator on a show called the Lizzie McGuire show. No, really. I, <laughs> yeah, they did the animated segments in New York City at a studio called Tape House Tunes. Tape House Tunes was also the studio that used to do those. I don't, I don't know if people, I, I, don't, I don't know if anyone's <laughs> put them online on YouTube, but they used to do those really funny, like um, uh, animated shorts on Saturday Night Live. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, Saturday like, Live. yeah. yeah. Uh, was it TV Funhouse? Yeah, TV, TV Funhouse. Fun yeah, yeah. Ambiguously yeah. gay. Yeah, yeah. ambiguously yeah. gay. Do all of that oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, yo, like, I don't know why they stopped doing that. Yo, like, yo, <laughs> like, so wild. Yo, too, Saturday yeah. Live. That was just the only time I used to check in for Saturday Night Live with those with those flash those animated shorts. And you know, that's so, the same thing when I was younger because I didn't I wasn't really into stand up comedy or sketch comedy or anything like that at the point. But cartoons, you but know, cartoons, like, you're, yeah. You're a kid, and you're just like, oh, okay, I understand this. Yeah, the ambiguously gay yeah, duo was brilliant. Yeah, Yo, it was I love that show. So what happened to those dudes? Are they still uh, doing anything? The, I don't think so, but I remember watching a uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, somewhat like a, just a few years ago, and they did like a live action version of it. Oh, and that was, <laughs> yeah, that was like, awesome. <laughs> but. That was with John Hamm. Yeah, with John, John Hamm. Hamm played one of them, and I think Steve yeah. Crow played uh, played the villain. Oh, yeah, yeah I did. Oh, that was inappropriate, crazy. but like, <laughs> like they were just on the edge with that show. Like, it was really, really smart writing. You know, I thought it was with, really smart. It's the same thing with Mad TV when they had like their show. Oh, uh, they that's had right, like, little that's right. like animation animated show versus spy, or they had like a random claymation. Thing. Right, right. Uh, and then they stopped doing it too. Yeah, it's like very exper- experimental stuff, kind of like throwing stuff at the wall thing. But the studio Tape House Tunes used to animate a lot of that stuff um, when you know animation in, in, in New York was a lot more prevalent than it is now. Um, there were a lot more studios back then. You had Noodle Soup Studios, Tape House Tunes, a couple of other studios out there. MTV was flourishing. You know, you had the Daria Show series wow. and all that stuff. So this was like right at the edge of the rush of there being lots of animation work in New York City. And after the Flash cartoon uh, for World Girl, I did a short stint at a dot com called Urban Box Office where I did a couple of animated series, animated Flash shorts. Um, and then I went to work after the dot com crash. That company went under. You know, all of these dot coms were getting all the this investor money. Yeah, the yeah. bubble bursted. You know, no one had any revenue models. Everyone was just—it was all based off of theory. There was no actual. I mean, you're trying to like have the internet we have today. Then, when all you had was dial-up, there weren't even cable modems. It was like 56k. It was ridiculous. There was a, there was a Simpsons episode uh, where Bart was making like animated cartoons for this company, and it was the same thing. Like the like the company went under. It was like a internet company, and he's like, oh. But I've got all these money in stocks. He's like, how much is like 52,000 times zero? And don't tell me it's zero. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, when I was younger, that was my whole, like, oh, like, those things go down. Like, yeah. Those, 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 yeah. That goes south pretty quick sometimes. Yeah. Like, if you don't have any business. And that, that was the thing, that they had no business model. Yeah, there was no business model. Lisa, so Lisa asked him, she's like, how are you, has your company planning to make money? She's like, how much in stocks do I have to give you <laughs> pass this question it's, that's true man you know um, but it was around that time so this was working at Tape House Tunes I worked on Lizzie McGuire um, and a couple of other projects and then I did some independent projects um, with a couple of smaller uh, uh, studios that didn't really go anywhere they just kind of like real stuff and then um, 9-11 hit and then that kind of shut everything down like um, I remember the last job I was working on 
at Tape House Tunes before the Lizzie McGuire movie came out. Mm. And there was rumors in the circle of New York animation that MTV was launching a new animated series called Clone High. Oh, and yeah. they, they were apparently, I, the, I was so far away from it, but I was still in the discussion of like trying to figure out a way to get on that show. Mm. Um, and I just remember it being, they're ramping up, they're ramping up, and then a couple weeks it was silence, and then like the third week someone comes to me at Tape House Tunes and goes, yeah, man, they're just outsourcing it all to Canada. I was like, oh. So that was kind of like around that time period. I was you know what, let me start doing some comics, you know, because I tried comics when I was younger, but mm-hmm. I couldn't get, I, I didn't think I was strong enough. And then I did, I did a few years in animation, flash and traditional, and then I jumped back into comic books, and that's when I started working for Dreamwave comics and doing arcanium and ninja turtles and stuff like that and then around that time period is when i was in greensboro is where i met my buddy carl jones and he and i became really close buddies and then he moved to la and he met aaron and then that whole thing popped off and then the rest is history he got me in touch with aaron we connected and then i flew out here and that's Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of how the story goes so I started off in animation in new york city and then it wasn't until i moved to la that i started working for like studios hollywood studios you know so boondocks in 04 was like my first my first like hollywood studio in-house hollywood studio experience and i've been been doing okay since then Mm. and uh before you got how how did you get into animation like you yourself like uh that was something i thought of earlier too when you brought up the the flash uh, well, not the Flash, but Flash animation mm-hmm. to uh, like that's so good. I like the Flash. The Flash. <laughs> <laughs> I I always think about that, and that's probably just it's probably just me being a, a dumb kid. But I always think like, how did people get into animation before like there were animation colleges? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how, when do you learn that stuff? Like, how did how did you first? That's a really good point. That you that's that's and that's a whole other discussion. I'm pretty sure we can talk about, but. As far as the curriculum's concerned, like, you know, I got into animation in the the mid-90s, you know, and the way I got into it, look, when I graduated high school, when I was done with high school, I wanted to be the next Joe Matterer. I wanted to be Jim Lee. I, you know, that was my aspirations. I wanted to be the next comic book superstar. That was my dream. <laughs> you know Making what I mean? Making all that money. Making all that money <laughs> for Image in the 90s with multiple covers, getting paid. Chromium, chromium, everything. <laughs> getting paid, getting paid. Um, but no, that was my dream. I wanted to be a comic book illustrator. Um, and um, there were no schools for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had the Kubert School and you had a couple of colleges in New York that kind of had small, you know, classes, you know, focused on sequential arts and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, New York, you know, where I grew up, like, you know, Marvel and DC's in New York. Like, I yeah. could just walk into their offices and drop off samples. Like, that's, you know what I mean? So, yeah. for me, that's kind of was my dream to be able to work in comics. And um, it didn't happen right away, obviously. Um, I started working part-time at a sporting goods store. And uh, my boss at the time was uh, generous enough to uh, introduce me to his wife, who was a art director for a children's accessories company. Uh, called Pyramid Handbags in the Midtown Manhattan. And um, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be a comic artist, but I thought it was cool to be able to, you know, he was trying to get me set up with an internship. So I didn't want to do that. Um, but the way he spun it was like, oh, you know, my wife works for Disney. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it turns out she didn't work for Disney. She just worked for a company that had the licenses for Disney to make 
children's backpacks and luggage and mini yeah. totes and umbrellas and stuff like that. So um, I showed up anyway, you know, um, had my portfolio full of comic book pages and that's all I had. And um, they were like, oh, this is this is interesting because no one could draw at the studio. Everyone worked in Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop. So um, and this was like 95, 96. And uh, but they didn't have a use for me, so I didn't think I was going to get the job anyway because it was in an office. Yeah, it was in Manhattan across the street from Madison Square Garden. They had like computers and cubicles, and <laughs> you know, like I was like, what, what am I doing here? Like, this is you know, it's not something you envisioned yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, you know, but um, anyway, I met them and they were like, this is cool, but you know, this is not the kind of stuff that we do, or we, we're not interested, or whatever. Fine. A couple of months later, I'm still working at this sporting goods store. My manager comes to me again and goes, hey, LaShawn, you know, they're hiring. They're looking for some help over in the boys' department at my wife's shop. Like, he was, like, adamant about trying to get me to, I guess because I was drawing on all the sales tags at the office. Like, he just wanted to get (laughs) get rid of me or whatever. But um, I I met them again, and I got brought on as an unpaid intern. And my job was to organize the backpacks, samples in the back, um, make photocopies for everybody, run errands, um, order breakfast, lunch. And I did that on Tuesdays, Mondays and Wednesdays, I believe. And um, I was like, where is this going? Like, what, mm-hmm. why, why did I agree to do this? What is this? You yeah, know, it but, seems like they were, they were offering a job and like at least working, like withdrawing something. Some, yeah, yeah, with something. Well, that was kind of the way I looked at it, too. I was like, what, what is this? Like, I'm not getting paid for it. I'm spending like, you know six to ten hours at this place <laughs> i have to pay my own car fare like i'm you know i'm paying subway money to you know to yeah. come down here like but i stuck with it and i think maybe uh three months into it an opportunity came up you know these licensing companies you know they have these meetings with these you know like these disney's and these warner brother companies like a year in advance or maybe two years in advance before they release these films to kind of get them to come up with patterns and designs for you know, merchandise, you know, in, in this case was, you know, children's accessories <clears throat> for their movies. And this one in particular was the Hercules movie that came out oh, yeah. for Disney. Mm-hmm. And the year before the Hercules film came out, um, you know, they flew out there and met with Disney. Disney showed them what they had and they had to come up with a presentation for like a line of luggage for, you know, to put Hercules stuff on it. The problem was that Disney didn't have anything that they wanted to let go as far as development because it was like a year and a half out from the film. So they didn't even have a final design of Hercules. <laughs> they didn't have anything. So they came back. This is an interesting story. So they came back and um, no one knew what to do, more or less. And I guess if someone thought it was a good idea, to be like, oh, well, LaShawn is the only guy who can illustrate here. Let, yeah, let's, yeah, exactly. Let's get him. Let's see if he could, you know, come up with some designs. These are the only designs Disney gave us. See if you can come up with some ideas. So I rented, um, I went to the library. Remember those? I went to the library <laughs> and, um, and, and, and borrowed the story of Hercules, the seven tasks, the Cyclops, the Hedra, and all that stuff. And I basically did like these kind of picturesque makeshift illustrations based off of those key moments, but in the style of whatever that drawing of Hercules that they had, Disney had the given Disney them. Has, this yeah. is to kind of give them an idea, like a mock-up. And no one else could draw at the studio, so I did like 30 of them with like panto markers and stuff like 
you know just went all out yeah i just went ham man and like i'm like yo this is this is why you hired me like it's going down right now i'm about to show you the truth (laughs) you don't even know (laughs) no but seriously and it it turned out it was the first time i had gotten because at that time i was trying to be jim lee so my style was very uh heavy anatomy based i was really big into environmental design techniques like cross hatching and shadows and stuff like that and this was like deadline weight it was a completely different style for me so um but i did it i finished it and then i think the tuesday that i was out they had an art director meeting with the vice president and the vice president i guess was like hey you know what do you have and they showed oh you know this is some stuff you know that uh our intern yeah, i guess he didn't know i was there or whatever but this is some stuff our intern LaShawn did for us and i guess he was just kind of like who did these like because no one could draw yeah and then the next day, I'll never forget it, I'm in the back doing my usual thing, you know, organizing the samples in the back or whatever. And he's back there on the adjacent wall with his back facing me looking for a sample bag. And he screams over and he goes, hey, LaShawn. And I'm like, uh. He's like, what do you think about coming to work for us? And I was like, uh, okay. He's like, all right, cool. You're hired. And then he leaves. He didn't even face me. He didn't even face me. Like, his back, his, his name, I'll never forget his name was Jeffrey. You know, uh, 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 gold burgundy suit salt and pepper facial hair glasses he's a jewish guy you know yeah. like just fast talker you know what i mean just like all right you're hired whatever that's all you, you need know? to know <laughs> all right i'm like all right cool so i get on the phone and call my boss my manager at the sporting goods store i'm like yo i got hired he was like i know you got hired he's like my wife told me last night he's like don't fuck it up because you always come to, he's like don't fuck it up because you always come to work late you know so that's kind of like how that job like introduced me to the studio atmosphere, the office atmosphere, I, having a, and I, I had my own cubicle, I had a little iMac, I had a drafting <laughs> table, like, it was like, I had never, but I still did the other stuff, you know, organizing bags, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, ordering still, lunch and yeah. stuff like that, but I was making like 350, 400 bucks a week, yo, that was a big deal for a 20 year old, yeah, like, I was yeah. only 20 when I had gotten that job, so like, um, that was like my first like experience being an artist and getting paid for and, and getting paid yeah. for my art and being in an environment and studio environment and i didn't really appreciate it at the time but i look back on it and I, that was like really key to what shaped my mindset in terms of being able to work with different people being in an office environment and stuff like that and um through that job um there were so many different artists and people i was there for like three years and there were people who would come in and out of the in different departments and uh, one artist, one art director came in, I think, who was involved with he- uh, helping out on the Sanrio Smiles uh, brand, the Hello Kitty brand. Mm-hmm. They had the Hello Kitty license too. And she had recognized, she took it to my work and was like, hey, my husband's you know, a freelancer. He's working on an animated project. Would you be interested in helping out? And it turns out to be who would later become one of my mentors, Joe Rogers, who was the director of World Girl, that Flash cartoon. Mm-hmm. So that Flash cartoon, me going to Pyramid, having that job, meeting his wife, and her introducing me to Joel was my segue into animation because you just Bus never po- know where you're gonna go. Yeah, yeah, you know the the Bus Potemkin, rest in peace, um, was the consultant for that project, and he was a I think he was a producer for the pilots for Cow Chicken and Powerpuff Girls. Oh really? So um, and to get to your point, um, and I've told this story before, but we were working. I was at Visionary Media, the small company that owned World Girl, and he was there, and I was making some photocopies. And he was like, so what are you going to do after this? Because the project was wrapping up. And I was like, uh. And I had been working there for like three years. Like, free, you know, I eventually quit my job at Pyramid and started working 
you know, exclusively mm. out of Joe's apartment doing this World Girl cartoon <laughs> for like two years. And I'll never forget it, you know. Buzz was like, so what are you going to do after this? And I was like, you know, I'm thinking about going to college for animation. Because, you know, I'd been doing it for like almost three years, you know, learning the basics. I was in pre-production. I do character design layout. And he looked at me like I was crazy. He was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're, you're already you here. So <laughs> experience. He's like, you're already, he's like, you're already here, man. Like, like real talk. Like he was yeah. like, you're already here. Like you're already doing this. He's like, are, he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, there are kids in school right now paying like $120,000 in loans to, get to, to do what, what you're, you're doing right yeah. now. He's like, if you're going to go to school, you need to go to school for something else. <laughs> you know, take a, take something else. He's like, well, he's like, you're already in animation. All you need to do is figure out what you want to say. And what you want to do, and that conversation that by the by the photocopy machine like really changed my perspective on success and the idea of what what it means to graduate from college in animation versus doing it on your own. And also, it taught me that there's no right or wrong way to schooling. It's all different. It mm-hmm. all depends on the individual. But yo, he saved my life because I was ready to spend 120, you know what I'm saying, (laughs) to like, I was ready to be in debt, you know, student loans, just because I felt like I didn't feel legitimate because I didn't have a college degree in it, you know, and because that's how I was raised. Like, if you don't have a college degree in something, you're not going to get put on, you're not going to be worth anything. So you bring up a good point about the animation college thing. It was like the industry was my college, you know, Uh like I learned. And that's that's such a, like a, like a, a parallel story that's very similar to my own. Oh, is that like, right? Because I, I, I've, I've also told this story, but like I, it's so integral to where I'm at right now that I started interning here, like just kind of putting away comic books, and then that slowly led to me just kind of letting people know that I knew some audio stuff that I didn't go to, that I didn't graduate from college for, and now I fucking. Record podcasts for a living. Yeah, I mean, that's, and, and, you know, I I think it's always that case when you're dealing with the humanities, you know, anything like dance, you know, Mm. music. There's there's this weird thing that's not as prevalent that you, uh, there's, there's, there's always this air that it's like, when you say, "Oh, I have a degree in music," it's kind of like really like it's the only it's the only it's the only time where you where it's okay to say you got a degree, but in the back of your head, you're kind of like really like you know it's not the same as like I have a degree, a law degree, or I have a doc you know, degree yeah. in medical, you Some know, like or, you know, physics. you know, like yeah. shit that people need. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying we don't need music. I'm not saying we don't need art. We need but that stuff, but like other you know, the experience yeah. is so much yeah. uh, like heavier. Yeah, it's I, you know, and and I mean, listen, I'm still learning. You know, so my, my my perception on these things have changed over the years. But for a while, I was like, yo, if, if zombie apocalypse happens tomorrow, <laughs> yo, people need doctors, man. <laughs> like, they don't need animation directors, yo. Like, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to, like, entertain the kids, you know, until 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 there's a breach? And, the then, world, I'm, and then I'm the done, you know? <laughs> you know? You know, so I'm just saying, like, so that's kind of how, <laughs> I was, you know, that's my life. But now I'm a little bit more, you know, conservative. I, I, I try to look at it from all angles and stuff. But, but yeah, there is this kind of, like, back. There, there was this nagging thing in the back of my head growing up. Like, you I need don't have agree- this piece of paper. Yeah, I don't yeah, have this piece yeah. of paper. Like, I, I need validation. Like, yeah. and and for a while I felt that way. Even after you know having that conversation with Buzz and freelancing on Kim Possible storyboards and doing all this stuff, I still kind of had in the back of, behind me like I don't have a degree. Like, I need to do something to get legit. 
<laughs> you, get, you get that, you know, like drilled into your head as a kid going to like all the way Go through college, high school. And it's college, like college, college, college. You need college. You won't be able to make anything of yourself if you don't go to college. Yeah, and and then and then I got older, and I'm like, man, wait, all of these rich, brilliant motherfuckers <laughs> dropped out of college. Like, they don't have degrees. Like it's so confusing, you know. So it 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 it, it was it's 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 fascinating, yeah. you know. But that's how I got into animation. It was by way of these relationships, and you know, when people say, oh. Oh, you didn't go to college, man. That's that's cool. You're self-taught. I say, no, no, no. I'm not self-taught. I'm self-disciplined. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I learned all the guys, all the stuff that I learned, I learned in the industry. I learned on the job, you know, by just listening and spooning and stealing from people, (laughs) you know, stealing from a lot of artists that I would be around. And a lot of these guys were college graduates. They were all teaching me college theory and college dogma, so to speak. You know what I mean? So when people tell me, oh, I didn't go to college, I'm like, yeah. I, it's, I, I went to college secondhand. Like yeah. all of these guys are like telling me all the stuff that they learned in school, you know. And I'm just kind of the difference is that I'm taking what I want. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have to wait three years to do what I want, yeah. you know. And that's 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 an often thing in college. Mm-hmm. You can't do what you want right away. A lot of yeah. times you got to take these prerequisites or whatever the case may be before you actually start doing what you want. Um, so I, I think it's I think it depends. It's mm-hmm. it's different. It depends on the individual because I know a lot of college graduates who aren't really doing anything with it. Yeah. You know like what I mean? Especially now more than ever that like once you graduate college, you're for sure in debt, and then you're gonna have a hard time finding a job. It, yeah, I mean that's it's it's very common for, and I tell this to a lot of these young kids when I visit these schools. I say, yo, you got to take student loan debt seriously. Like, mm-hmm. and I haven't gone to college, so I always felt like I didn't have a point. I wasn't experienced enough to have an opinion on college. I never mm. went. So I don't want to speak on it, you know, but I do know what it's like to be in debt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, I have, you know, it, it, take college student loans seriously, you know, because it, it's very common for yeah. kids to graduate with a hundred, over a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And these, these universities don't really care if you can pay it or not, you know, so pay no, it and back. It's, it's, and it's funny. I, I feel like that's the, the thought sometimes is that you graduate college and you're like, that's eh, fine. I graduate. I get a job. Pay off the I debt. I pay off the debt. And that's not <laughs> yeah. the way it works That was whatsoever. cool. That was like, cool during the Clinton era. Yeah, yeah exactly. Clinton. That was, the 90s was what's up, you know? Shiny Everything suits, was booming. Like... You know, videos with $5 million, <laughs> music videos or $5 million budgets. Everybody was wearing shiny suits. Yeah. Like, in the 90s, it was on the up. But now there's like, it's I feel like now. it's, there's like 30 people that like, graduate and know exactly what you know and and what are, what are you yeah. gonna do i like, mean try to that, fight these 30 people for that one job that's so true man i mean and and on a and 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 not to stay on this subject this but on a more somber note you got kids graduating going into the workforce now that are going to be competing with like 500 cats that just got laid off on dreamworks no yeah like oh, that's shit, yeah that's no joke, yo. Like, no, yeah, <laughs> that is that's like it's it's crazy right now. But I think we're in an interesting time period um, with the advancement of technology and subscription based stuff. I and mean, we're kind of in this weird, wild, wild west of content pro- pro- providing now, where it's like everybody you, you're starting to see people win off mm-hmm. of just doing their own thing, you know. So hopefully, and there's more of that. It's and, a oh, go ahead. Within doing your own thing, you've got a book that you're currently working on, or it's a. Well, actually, um, that you kickstarted. Well, I kickstarted an animated, animated, animated project, but yeah, it's based off it's based off of a comic book yeah. that I did, Cannon Busters. Um Nice segue. Um, I know, right? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So after I wrapped up the Boondocks 
um, and wrapped up all these other animated projects, I had an opportunity to go overseas and live mm-hmm. in Korea. And that was when I started to develop the pilot for this animated uh, TV series idea that I had. Um, and it was based off of a comic book that I actually started working on shortly after I had left work in animation. Um, and it was just a fantasy comic. You know, I was I was geeked off of uh, Joe Manoera's Battle Chasers at the time, and he wasn't putting out the books. And <laughs> no. I needed me some Battle Chasers, so I decided to do Cannon Busters to kind of... No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, you, know what's, you know what's funny, Joe's going to kill me. <laughs> when I saw, like, the Cannon Busters animation in your Kickstarter video, I was like... Oh, this reminds me of Battle Chasers, and then Joe was in the video, and I was like, "Oh." Well, you know the interesting the interesting thing about stuff like Cannonbusters and even Battle Chasers, they're two completely different projects, but yeah. I think they're both inspired by the same things. Mm-hmm. You know, we're big fans of fantasy, we're big fans of anime, we're big fans of role playing games, Japanese role playing games, RPGs, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And there's only a handful of people who create comic book series that are solely focused on that. You know what I mean? So I think it's common that projects like Battle Chasers and Cannon Busters get, com- get compared, you know? Um, but at the same time, like, Battle Chasers was a big inspiration for me, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of making Cannon Busters. So I did a comic series. I did two issues. Um, one was a zero issue drawn by my uh, colleague, uh, Corey Lewis, uh, the Ray. Um, he did Shark Knife and Pang and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant artist. Um, and then I did one issue, but right when I did the issue, I got hired to work on the Boondocks. So I couldn't do uh, my own comic series and be a supervising director, I mean, supervising character designer, excuse me, and a co-director for a hit animated TV show. One of those things had to give. So unfortunately, my own project, I could do it my own leisure. back burner? Yeah, I just put it on the back burner. I mean, what artist hasn't had that experience? You got your baby and then you got to eat and you got to put that on the back burner. You know, and just hope you can get back to it. And I was just—I've just been lucky to do that, and I was able to launch a Kickstarter based off of it. So that's something that I I always strongly believe uh, that you do the things that you may not love as much to get paid, so you can then in turn spend that money and do the things that you do love that are artistically gratifying to you. That's a really, really good point. You know, and I'll add to it that I mean, I—I'm not gonna lie. Like I've been really lucky. You know, like all more or less in the last 10 years, the stuff that I've been involved in, I've actually enjoyed more or less. You know, there were a couple of projects here and there that I think I would have, I think would have been better for me, but, or I would have had a better time. But I, th- I think that had a lot to do with my attitude, you know. Um, but more or less, I've been really lucky, you know, in the last 10 years to be able to work on these projects because I think I have this attitude where, like, any new project I get on board, I'm trying to find who's the best guy. Yeah. And then I want to like hang out with them <laughs> and then I want to like steal their moves. You know what I mean? Like so I always seen a new project as an opportunity to learn something new. I think in the last 3 years was when I really started like reaching that point where I wanted to do my own thing and I think it had a lot to do with moving overseas to Korea for a long period of time and then coming back and be like, "Okay, I'm back in the fold. I'm going to hop on someone's show." help make them millions of dollars and then I'm going to get laid off when it's done. Like I want to start trying to make my own stuff. So, um so that's that's kind of where that that whole thing came aboard, um, you know the whole uh, who was that? I, yeah, I don't, that was the door just open. Oh, why did he open uh, the door? <laughs> that was I don't scary. Know. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a secret way pathways in this. It's amazing here. Yeah, oh, it's, that's all good. Was weird. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's how that whole bit came about, and um, you know, uh, you know, Cannabis was just one of those projects where it's like 
I have a small handful of people who constantly email me about it. And um, so I said, yeah, I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to get back to it. <laughs> and I would release panels over the years to kind of prove that I was yeah, still, still working, working on it. it. Yeah, like I'm working on it. But like, yo, like Boondocks, yo, slowly. Batman Brave and the Bold, yo, like, <laughs> like you know, I'm in Korea. Yo, Black Dynamite, <laughs> like I'm doing, I'm I'm directing and storyboarding and, and creative producing TV shows like be happy for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm able to eat. You know, I'm able to eat. You know, like I've been lucky that every jo- I've been able to land a gig. You know, yeah. this is the first year that I'm like freelancing. Like I haven't freelanced in like ten years. You know, I've always had work. You know, so I mean in-house studio work. Yeah. You know, so but this year I'm freelancing a little bit more because I need to be a little bit more flexible because I'm now I'm producing the pilot. We got funded, so. Mm. Um, it that that's kind of how that project came about is me doing the comic and then putting it on a back burner and then kind of having an opportunity to you know explore it because I had been doing, building up so many credentials in animation yeah. and not doing much comic book work and I've always wanted it to be an animated thing so once I went to Korea it was like what? hey why not let me yeah. let me try how, and do a pilot how was your time in Korea it was amazing um i missed that place um for various reasons um but uh it was great. I learned a lot. Um, I took a lot of risks. Huh? Hangul, speak- hangul, 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 <laughs> just a little bit. You know, I'm losing it because you know I don't have a you lot of my. You know, I don't practice. I don't have a lot right. of my the, Korean buddies around me speaking. The first but, word that came to mind was pangu. Do you know what that is? Pangu. Pangu. No, I don't know what pangu uh, is. Is that my, like a slang? No, it's well, it might be. <laughs> it's like a I, Korean it's slang. Because uh, my girlfriend's aunt is Korean, and so like the her kids they teach them Korean. They call you? No, no, pangu is like. And I was trying to think like what else? Oh no, you know what? what? I know. You know what's no. funny? You know what's funny? Like usually when you go to these you know, to another country, I guess yeah. the, the popular thing is to you want to learn the bad words first. <laughs> but like for me, I just I want I just wanted to learn who, what, when, where, how, why, and how when I went there. If I could learn those words, then I could form a tree of communication. <laughs> you know, um, the branches will the sentences will form Ooh, from there, yeah, you know, kind of thing. So I never came across the bad words. This pictionary with everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have my iPhone and like, if it was a word I didn't yeah. know, I would ask them what it means, and they tell me, and I'd like write it in my iPhone and I'd memorize it. Like I was like gorilla, you know, gorilla tactics, like language <laughs> learning, you know. So, but um, but Korea was great. It was a good experience. What's your craziest story from Korea you that know, you're allowed to talk you about. Know, I don't. I, you know, I. I I think the craziest story for me is is it's pretty conservative. It, it, it was me going. It was me going to to JM Animation. Um, big shout out to Jung Mi and uh, director Yu Jae Young for you know taking me under their wing and you know trying it out. You know, um, hiring me from the states to you know they, it was a whole, it was a whole process to get out there and um, I think just working at JM Animation and just being there. Um, the 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 company split from JM and some of the staff formed Studio Mir and there was a floating period where I didn't know who I was right. going to stay with <laughs> and it was pretty dramatic at least for me um, but because you know Jung Mi was kind of like my surrogate mom like she was the yeah. one who brought me out here she set everything up but Yu Jae Young was like my dad because <laughs> he was the guy who took me under his wing to like you know show me the ropes, you know, he was the director of um, uh, Sozin's Comet, the last few episodes of uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, and he's yeah. the president of Studio Mir. Incredibly talented guy. Um, so we were developing a project together, and then F- F- Legend of Korra fell in our lap, and I was brought on board as 
part of the storyboard team, and I did some story, some animation production, and then they split, and then Yu Jae Myung was going to form his own company, and Jung Mi was they were still there, so I didn't know who I was going to go with. I had a visa, <laughs> you know, I wanted my visa to be extended so I could stay there longer. So I, that was probably the craziest thing that has happened because I, I don't I don't know anyone who has that experience. Like right. you go to move to a company and. <laughs> Your visa's covered, and then they oh, split, split, and then you're halfway, <laughs> into halfway into it, and you're like, okay. But they were both, they both, they both liked me, so they both agreed that I would continue my experience by going to Studio Mir, and Mir sponsored my visa for the following year. So that was probably the craziest, like thing. craziest thing that like affected my yeah. mind, me, like, yeah. like, okay, like if this goes down, I'm going home tomorrow. You know what I mean? With no plan. Like, that that crazy. Like, everything else is just partying. <laughs> you know? Like, that's that's that stuff you survive, you know? Yeah. You know, so. Uh, I'm, because I'm not in animation, I don't know for sure, but just come from kind of being around, uh, I've kind of heard or seen or kind of realized that a lot of animation now gets done in, in South Korea, right? That's correct. Um, not, uh, I would, I would say, a. I mean, I don't. I mean, a lot's changed in the last few years. I have to say, mm. um, it's not 2012. You know, um, there's a lot more animated shows being made in Flash that are done here domestically. A lot of stuff's going to Canada, but I would still say <clears throat> that's about right. It's about yeah, a good, like uh, a lot, uh, most of it, if not most of it, goes overseas. I mean, name name a show on Cartoon Network that you like. Well, uh, I wasn't say Adventure Time, but Korea. What else? <laughs> because, like, I, name, name sums. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you Korea. Regular big, show. Korea. Really? Oh, because earlier. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, even, Simpsons, Family Guy. Uh, I know those. Uh, uh, Most of the Fox. Uh, I, I also ones. heard that Futurama. Like, uh, even uh, Age, Avengers: Age of Ultron and Jurassic World are like. Oh, the, as far as work v- is done, you mean visual in, effects? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that, that's well, that's like common. Everything. That's yeah, that's common yeah. too. A lot of visual effects is done overseas, hmm. um, but as far as two D animation is concerned on TV, like, yeah, that stuff's a lot of that stuff's done in Korea. A is lot that, of it is. Is that a reason why you went to work over there? Yeah, that's exactly the reason why I went over there because uh, you know, <clears throat> because of the way the system is set up, the, it, you know, all the main production, which is animation production, isn't done here. Yeah. For the types of shows that I work on, I'm not saying all the shows. I don't work on South Park. They do that yeah. shit in a weekend, <laughs> you know. Like yeah, the doc- but, you know, I saw like, that documentary yeah. was uh, they're brilliant. Insane. They're crazy. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, but like shows like you know, Young Justice or yeah. or Warner Brothers directed video, like any of that like high detail quality human anatomy practical lighting and like any anything that looks like simplified realism mm-hmm. is not done here. Um, I don't. I'm not saying it can't be done here. I don't see anybody graduating, turning out episodes of Cora in America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, if they are, holler at me because <laughs> I got I got some of the show ideas. But those guys are not trying to work in TV. Like I, I think a lot of that stuff is a lot. And from in my experience, it's all done overseas. That level of quality is done overseas. Mm. Um, so um, and that, and that's why I went over there. You know, um, that was my direct line to getting over there was that I had all this experience at these at these American studios. In fact, my experience at these American studios was a was a key factor in me being able to get my visa through the um, Korean Ministry of Culture and Tourism because they were like, "Yo, why we need to hire you? We got a bunch of Korean kids graduating." In college, yeah. like well, they could do your job. They've what's got so student loans? Yeah, like what's what's so important about you? Why would we need to bring you here? And that was 
pretty much what they were saying. And I had to like write these long letters and uh, job reports and just kind of experience. I needed letters of recommendation from several executives. Like I had a whole process I needed to go through to get over there. Just to get my E2 visa, E7 visa, excuse mm-hmm. me. So that, but that was my direct line. You know, that was where the animation production was happening on these shows that I, that I liked working on. These action and the types of shows that I would one day like to make myself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the type of stuff that I'm into tends to lean more towards realism, simplified yeah. realism aesthetically. Yeah. Um, not cartoon, cartoon stuff, which I like too. But, you know, I like, you know, more realistic stuff and action stuff. And the shows that I work on are being produced overseas. So it, it made sense for me to try and figure out, okay, how can I get a line over there and get some experience so that I can live over there, work in-house, and just learn how they do things, get to know the animators, get to know them by name, get to know the presidents by name, take them out to drink, <laughs> build relationships. These are real people, you know? And before you know it, you've got a Rolodex of a guy who did that scene on that one fight on Korra. You've got the guy who did the scene, they animated the scene on this scene from Young Justice and so on and so forth that you don't have access to here, you know? So that was one of the reasons why I went over there. I wanted to get experience but also build a relationship with talent. So I don't need a network to get the line to a guy who works, who's a great, a great action animator in Korea. Yeah. I can just plan, save money, and fly over there yeah. and get it done, you know? So... It's crazy thinking because most people in TV animation don't think that way. You know, they're beholden to the system, rightfully so. Um, but that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that was just kind of my plan. So, and I think maybe some of it also is that it's it's kind of a difficult thing to try to get over there, as as you've said. Because uh, with when we were talking downstairs, like with Felipe Smith, uh, when I was talking to him about him going over to Japan. It was the same thing. He was kind of like, I didn't know what I was going to go do over there. I was just trying to go do my thing, but it was such a like uh, different culture and like trying to integrate myself into that. I, you know, I can't. I can't speak for Felipe. I've never worked in Japan. I've never lived there and worked there. You know, it's one place. It's one thing to visit a place and say you could live there. Uh-huh. Oh, it's I could live here. Different thing yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you there. go there and say, "Yo, right," you know, yeah. like, "Oh man, I love, I love Japan. I would live here." Really. <laughs> Like, I would, too, if I wasn't working for three weeks. <laughs> like, they, they're they on vacation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they don't have to pay bills. They don't have to wait for checks in the mail. They don't yeah. have to go to the bank. They don't have to, you know, like, to live in a place to deal with office politics. Yeah. It's hard enough in America. Like, yeah. you're trying to do it in Japan where you don't know the language. language. Like, yeah. you, it's a comp- – and you have – there are expectations that they have of you that they take for granted that they expect you to know and vice versa. It's really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, – um, I, 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 I think because of the long history that Korea has with American animated TV shows, there's a system there that's set up compared to Japan, yeah. at least in my experience, that was a little bit more lenient for the American foreigner if they wanted to go over there and work. I'm not that doesn't translate to saying it's easy to go over there. Yeah. I'm just saying that if you're going to compare it to Japan, it's a lot easier. You know, those studios are set up to. Oh, Eddie. Yeah. Derek just ran and in, stormed into the room. Do we have riffs? No. Derek is, is also another. Riffs? No. He works here in the store. He's also. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, oh, he's no, it's all good. The show. I'm going to exit like a <laughs> Um. So, uh, what was I saying? Oh, I'm saying that there's a system. I think, I think there's a system that's hmm. set up, in my experience, for foreigners to go and work at an animation studio compared to Japan. a foreigner trying to be a manga con in Japan. Mm. That's yeah. a completely different planet, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, 
that shit is hard. And Felipe <laughs> is one of the craziest, hardest workers I've ever seen. Like by American standards, he works too yeah. much. Yeah. You know, and in in, yeah. in Japan, he's lazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's no joke. But in in Korea, it's a little bit different. They work crazy hard too. But I think it's those they have English translators on staff there. You know what I mean? Like, there's a system set up that they already have people there who speak English because they have to translate this? the contracts, they have to translate the scripts. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they do international business. You know, so I think. Were there other Western um, animators there besides you? Actually, yeah. There, um, there were two people. Well, first of all, when I went to Korea, mm-hmm. uh, my, my good colleague um, uh, Kim Sung-un was there. Kim Sung-un was the producer of uh, Boondock Seasons 3 and 4. Okay. Um, and he, uh, he, is, um, he was already there at JM when I went there. So he, there was, he was at least someone there that, 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 you knew. that I worked with on seasons one and two that was already over there. <laughs> he already had his office because yeah. they decided to do all pre-production and main production for season three at JM Animation when I arrived there. And he was there to kind of supervise the whole thing. So when I got there, I was like, okay, at least, at least Sun Kim's here, you yeah. know? Um, but there was another gentleman by the name of, um, John Park, who, it's a funny story, um, I had already assumed that everybody didn't speak English when I got in there. Uh-huh. And this is an Asian guy, about my height, walks down the hallway, and he walks past me, and I bow, on young Jose, all, like, you know, doing, what's up? And he goes, hey, what's up, dude? With, like, this <laughs> Long Island accent. And I was like, double take, what the what? You know? And this is guy John Park, and he's like, "Yo, yeah, I heard you were coming here. Yeah, I'm from Long Island, man. Like, I'm, and I'm like, he's Korean. Yeah, and I'm like, what are you, what? You know? <laughs> so John was one of those guys that like I clung to. You know, yeah, we man. became really good buddies, and, and we still are good friends and stuff. But those are examples of like common things that happen at studios in Korea. You know, because they do so much work with America, it's mm-hmm. common for people to speak fluent English and to, to be there that's mm. not really the case with a lot of manga companies so I think I, I think it would be harder to to, 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 to kind of integrate go, yeah yeah you know yeah. I mean it's it's. I think it's hard you go to any country where you don't know the language or the culture and you're just going there for one thing that's a niche thing yeah <laughs> but then you also have to like eat food yeah then, yeah yeah to yeah. You know, bang. yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an experience I definitely think it's something you do when you're younger you know um I don't like putting ages on things, but I do think that you have a a more. I think your spiritual resolve is a lot more. Your your burning vigor is much more bonfire level. You know, when you're younger, you take your licks a lot. You know, more. You know, uh-huh. I think the older you get, failure takes on a whole they new meaning. They don't you scar know? you as easily. Yeah, it doesn't scar you as easily. So, um, but I, I always recommend it. Anyone who's asked me, like I say, yo, do it. Then I've gotten tons of emails since i left like yo i'm thinking of going to korea what do you think i go yo do it you know if you can do it because you know it's just always good to have experience you know and a different point of view too so mm. and then so let's let's talk more about cannabis okay now. cool because now let's let's get into that uh where are you guys at with right now because you guys were successfully funded on kickstarter right and uh if you missed uh, if you missed the Kickstarter, you can still donate, right? At cannonbusters dot com. That's right. We launched in we launched our campaign in November third, and we were funded December third. Um, and we recently launched the. Well, we've gotten a lot of emails from people who missed it. We launched our campaign during the holidays, which I thought was crazy because. <laughs> You're facing Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Black yeah. Monday. Like, no one's going to throw money at something that <laughs> yeah. they're not going to see for a year, you know, kind of thing. So I was really blessed um, that there was such a great turnout. 
Um, and now the campaign's over, and uh, we've launched CanonBusters.com, where you can go, and we've got our pledges, our backer rewards up there from the $25 pledge up to the $500 pledge. So anyone who's missed out and wants to get the spiffy art book that we're going to be putting together for it, it's available. Um, and we are planning right now. We're coming up with our schedule. Um, we've already got our budget approved. Um, and things are moving along. I can't say too much just yet because I don't want to jinx it. But uh, we're at the planning stage right now. And if things go as planned, we should be getting going very, very soon. And it looks to be that we will be. So um, Satellite is uh, an amazing studio. They have a long history. And just to be able to work with a Japanese studio, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, like... <laughs> I, 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 and this own. stuff is not a big <laughs> yeah. deal to a lot of people, but me with my, I'm fanboying like it's a big deal to me, you know. So, um, especially even, it being your own, yeah, project. it's my own thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, my idea of working with a Japanese animation studio, it, 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 at the very least, was always the idea that I would be somehow involved with a Japanese studio working on somebody else's shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yo, I got to meet so-and-so. I'm working on this project. Ah, yeah, it's cool, but whatever. But I'm in Japan working, you know what I mean? (laughs) Kind of thing. So for me to be able to have an opportunity to work with these guys, um, it's just... It's cloud nine for me. Create as far as as far as creative and as far as creative bucket list ambitions go, you know. So I'm really excited about it, and I think people are going to be really really blown away by it when it's all done. So we're we're at the planning stage now, um, and scheduling stage, and we're, we're due to start pretty soon. So outside of the um, the pilot, uh, is there plans to continue the uh, comic itself? Yeah, I mean, you know, the comic thing has always been uh, an issue of time for me. Mm-hmm. Always an issue of time for me. Um, it's not that I don't want to do it. It's just that I don't have enough arms, you know. <laughs> um, and if I do the comic, it's most definitely going to be on my own diamond on my own time. Of course. And um, I, I think, I think, I definitely think there's a chance for it to come back. I think depending on, and these are just you know my hopes. But if if the pilot does what I want it to do and what I hope it does, then absolutely, I, it, there's definitely a, uh, an opportunity for it to come back. You know, so. You were talking about how uh, it would be on your own dime. Um, is that to have it be like textually printed, like to actually have yeah. like, a physical copy? Um, do you plan on maybe doing something like uh, digitally? Um, we had like a, a digital panel here yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday, <laughs> and uh, uh, that was something that that was talked about. Um, that it's it's a lot easier to kind of get your stuff out there sometimes digitally than it is to have it in print you know the funny thing is that when i did can buses mm. the, the digital thing didn't exist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean i did it in what oh four oh five you know like it wasn't really yeah a, it, wasn't it, a it, it, it wasn't a thing yet you know so i guess because i'm still in my like my my time my time vacuum like i've always still considered it like a print thing but i definitely think that um if if there's a schedule and there's a time allotted to produce it, it's definitely being considered. I mean, look, even the animation, like, it existed online. It was funded online. I intend to have it live online. So I, I think it's only natural if we do decide to move forward with, you know, finishing up the comic. Um, it would be something that lives online as well, so... I don't. I don't see why not. I, I'm. I'm. I'm so out of the loop with with <laughs> with with comics and print and the market and what's good and how previews is doing versus comicsology. Like I'm just so, yeah. uh, yeah. I'm so it's, out of that. Like it's 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 a it's a bubble that I'll 
invest in when it's time for me to like put my energy in. I know that's a whole other ball of wax that comes with stress and fear and sadness yeah. and anger and <laughs> excitement and I can only a wave handle of emotion. and a wave of emotions that I can only do I can only take so one at a time. And the animation thing is insane and to be able to deal with the, the the hassle of trying to make a comic book right now, which is you know, I don't I don't think oh, I have the res- I don't my my vigor isn't as burning as bright. <laughs> now it's one thing at a time for me. But I definitely intend to do that. That would be a great thing. Yeah. Where I um I know you're in the planning stages now, but like do you, is this going to be like a a short not a short, but like a do you have an end for Cannon Busters or do oh, you plan to just kind of without like, without question, you know, I mean the idea was always to to is to 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 produce a pilot um that would double as a short Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think that's kind of the best of both worlds. Animation is so expensive to make, and the type of project that that I want to make with this, you know, um, getting a ten minute pilot is or is just for me is great. You know, you look at the, the the shows in the last three years, everybody's jonesing off of these ten minute shorts. You know yeah. what I mean? You've got the, you know, the Steven Universe pilot. You know, Ian mm-hmm. Cordy Jones at the Lake the Lake the Lakewood Plaza Turbo short. Like, there's a lot of shorts and pilots happening right now, and I think the timing is just right for me to be okay with that, you know? If I would have been pushing for a half hour and we only got 10 minutes and there was no culture for the 10-minute short, I would be, like, more concerned. But I, I think I think we're in a good space right now where um, it's okay to do a 10-minute pilot. And we have... The plan is to do more, obviously. There's a giant story arc and all of that stuff. But um, right now, the the 10-minute the pilot short idea is a good idea it's a good way to just kind of put something out there that's cool and fun and different um and mm. yeah yeah you know and and uh what way to to get your tour on and to do your own thing based <laughs> yeah. off of your own you know project you know I, i've been i've been associated with a lot of successful animated projects you know um boondocks you know black dynamite um but it would be nice to be known for you know for- Cannon for Cannonbusters yeah. too, you know, like to do my own thing, um, because I don't think anyone's really seen, you know, what I can do w- with my own when I pick my own team. <laughs> you know what I mean? I- I've been really good at, you know, being a team a team player, and you know, um, like they've seen you be good in a team, but they you want to show like how good you can be building your own team, making your own thing, yeah. doing it the way you want, and being and being bad too, like failing. Like I want to be able to have that experience to just put something out there whether it's good or whether it's bad you, you still know, put it out yeah there. put it out there yeah. as long as it's entertaining you know mm. then that's cool and i mean from the video everything you guys have now looks great thanks man i appreciate yeah. it you know a lot of the video footage you saw was the stuff that i produced and directed when i was in korea mm. and you know of course we ran out of money i got black dynamite fell into my lap i moved back to the states and i again cannabis is on the back burner again yeah. at the animated <laughs> stage you know so you know three years later you know it was time for me to, you know, I had a couple of projects I wanted to kickstart, um, and um, Cannabuses, I thought, was not the plan originally. Um, it was going to be another project that was a little bit more similar visually in vain with Boondocks and Black Dynamite. Because, mm. you know, more the same, you know, people know you from that. It's a safe yeah. bet, but... You don't want to play it safe. I, I, yeah. I didn't want to play it safe. I said, you know yeah. what, like... If I'm going to do a season, if I'm going to be working on a show like Black Dynamite, especially season two, that's just so irreverent and <laughs> dark and funny and just mature, um, I wanted to do something the Different. complete opposite, like yeah. bright and fun and 
nostalgia base and RPGs and Japanese RPGs and coin ops and 90s anime kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and I feel that's like know? a big thing from the 90s that no one really does anymore, which sucks because it was so... <laughs> like, uh, my favorite still, like, video game uh, are RPGs and, and there's this particular fighting game called uh, Guilty Gear. Oh, dope. Dope. Dude, Man, like, right? Guilty Gear. <laughs> Yo, like... And I wasn't giving Guilty Gear a lot of love because, you know, Capcom was in this golden era around that time when yeah. Guilty Gear came out. So it was like, okay, Capcom's about to drop Third Strike, but what is this Guilty wannabe Capcom Nobody. stuff? Like, <laughs> but you look back at that stuff and what they were doing, man, it was just so dope. You and know? everything was so fluent yeah, when you were like playing really fluent, yeah. and just... Uh, even if you didn't know what you were doing, it just yeah, looked, it looked really, really nice. Yeah. The big guy with the big arms. Oh, yeah. With the, I don't know the Every, character's names. Everyone was so designed with such characteristics that like there wasn't like ever any time that you were like oh that guy's exactly like that guy everyone played the way they looked yeah yeah he was slow and clunky and heavy and it's just just, the game was so great it looked like they had a lot of fun doing it too you know um and that's kind of the thing it's weird now like 90s is in it's (laughs) weird like (laughs) 10 years ago it was the 80s (laughs) now it's like people are like the 90s i'm like hmm you know joe mad just re you know just announced battle chases chases again and a video game uh, yeah like i mean like and people are going ape shit over that right now (laughs) like like and this is like so I, i just think that nostalgia we're we're at that period right now where it's like you know the, the a lot of the responses I got was because of what you mentioned like the mm-hmm. '90s thing you know um, a lot of cats were like yo man this cannabis and stuff looks cool because it reminds me of the '90s and yeah, '90s and anime and, and that's the, something that we need back yeah, yeah yeah you know and that's something that people would like to see again so I, I think it's I think it's interesting it. it, it it's everything that I like, and I think that's why I feel most good about this project is mm-hmm. that there's no there was no marketing plans behind this thing in terms of like okay let me let me cater to this specific demographic yeah, it was this exactly is like what you this want. is exactly what i want like good or bad like this is the <laughs> stuff that i'm excited about you know yeah. and so for it to get that response just made me feel like i was going in the right direction so um yeah it's it's, it's cool i mean and i mean look full circle i got joe matt working with me yeah. like it's, <laughs> like i don't i mean it may not be a big deal to a lot of people but like this it's a big deal to me like joe matt is like one of the reasons why i got into this shit so to have this dude like work with me on it, and he was one of my biggest supporters uh-huh. you know to do cannon busters you know like yo you need to be doing this like you know it'd be cool to do a kickstarter i want i want to help you out on this kind of thing so um to get that kind of cosign was just kind of like okay like Like, this is definitely what i should be this is what i should be doing right you know um so for sure well thank you for being on the show lashon oh thanks Uh, man i appreciate it you see i told you guys earlier my voice would get higher as i I woke up (laughs) the coffee's kicking in you know uh, um uh, yeah i appreciate it man it means a lot and um uh it's just it's just cool to be alive and <laughs> making stuff and 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 you know doing stuff that you're excited about so yeah, i appreciate you live it live in la right now yeah i'm in studio city you're working on on uh, black dynamite right no black dynamite got canceled oh did it oh, really yeah man oh. you guys should know then you guys like then you we guys do a signing we, we, we did have a <laughs> comic. I mean, the comic's still going so i was just like well oh is surely, the comic is the comic like, still going i didn't know that well, it's, yeah, right? it's funny because it's like, like i thought it was like a mini series or something i think it, it's still going right now it's like on the like third or fourth issue mm. um yeah yeah black dynamite yeah. got canceled i think it was announced maybe like three weeks ago maybe a month ago oh, shit. 
It didn't get picked up that. for a third series. Yeah, it got canceled. And that was, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think Carl Jones announced that on Twitter. Oh, so, but you know, look, man, that show, the, it was a miracle that it even got yeah. made. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, like it was fun while it lasted. We got two good seasons out of it. And who knows, man? I mean, it's it's a popular franchise, you know? Mm-hmm. It might, someone else might pick it up. Kickstarter, you know? yeah. 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 yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, and projects like that, like that have like that cult following. Yeah. It has yeah, a cult yeah. following, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, people like Black Dynamite, you know? So I think if it doesn't exist at Adult Swim, it might exist somewhere else. So, but. Right. Even just like in the heart of the fan. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you'll you'll see, you'll see, you'll see it. So, um, I'm impressed. We got two seasons. You know what I mean? And um, it was fun while it lasted. And um, but yeah, people can look forward to Cannon Busters now. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I am. I appreciate I know, it. I know we all are. Where else, where else can people find you? Like on the internet or? Yeah, you can find me at uh, uh, Lashawn Thomas on Twitter at Lashawn Thomas. Um, we've also got a. Uh, uh, at Canon underscore Busters on Twitter as well, um, and I'm out there, you know, causing havoc. I got a <laughs> I got a Tumblr, um, LashawnThomas.tumblr.com, and I'm on Facebook as well. I try to stay I try to stay active online as much mm-hmm. as I can because I don't get out to conventions or events a lot. So, um, but yeah, that's the best way to reach me, man. And um, I think it'll be cool. Hit me up. I, I post a lot of my favorite uh, Japanese RPGs I've been doing at the last couple of. <laughs> You know, Final Fantasy three and Zelda and all that stuff. So I'm a nerd. I keep it going. You know. And you can also donate at CanonBusters.com. That's right? true. You can. If you guys are still interested, uh, the site is up. Um, and just hit up the pledges, man. I think you'll like it. Some mm-hmm. cool backer rewards, and we're gonna be showing some updates pretty soon. So I think you'll like it. It'll be cool. Um, it looks fantastic. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Well, we got, I mean, look, we got a great team. You know, Thomas Romaine, shout out to Thomas Romaine and Bahi JD. These guys are, it's just, it's, Thomas calls it world animation. You know, <laughs> it's like we're all just, you know, Joe and me in the States, Thomas from France, Satellite from Japan, <laughs> Bahi from, uh, it's it's cool. He's from Austria. It's a world project. It's like, yeah, it's a world project. So hopefully if it does well, we can do more of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, go support the arts, guys. Yeah, support the arts, man. Support the arts, yo. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks, Sean. It was nice Uh, having you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. See you guys later. Peace. So I says to Mabel, I says. (laughs) You could keep going. No, that's literally it. That's the joke. Come on. You don't watch The Simpsons? Yeah, I know, but I mean... Where you been for the past 20-something years? Yeah, well... I think I told you this. We've already started. Uh, I told you this when you showed me that Power Rangers thing. I, as a kid, never really watched Power Rangers. So never he was really too watched young Ninja Turtles. To it. Never really watched The Simpsons. We're what no, about Ghostbusters? No one nope. was too too old. Really? To what? what about Transformers? Nope. He Man. Have you not nope. watched these things? I know what they are. I was very familiar with them, but I never watched them. Like now here's the big one. What about Brave Star? No, Bravestar Brave like Star is the bottom of my list. Of Brave Star like is one of the greatest of. cartoons. The thing about '80s cartoons that like I don't understand is there always had to be like this like tiny, annoying, high pitched, like irritating character. And I feel was, like, like that was like relief, though. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like the like in for like the kids. It's like the Under kids are like, oh, I can snarf. Really. snarf, Slimer, Slimer, uh, Jar Jar Binks. No, we're talking about 80s cartoons. <laughs> Shut up. I know, Get but it. that's what Jar Jar Binks was. Uh, 
Was it? <laughs> For me. Now, I, I'm of uh, the rare <laughs> breed that actually likes and appreciates Jar Jar Binks for what he is. I, I enjoyed him as a child, and then, you know, now I... I can, can we actually do that? What, what was your uh, episode one, uh, like, how did you experience episode one? Uh, I saw it with my cousin. Like opening day? Uh, I try to remember that. I don't think so. I think I I might have missed school. I know I for sure like missed school for episode two. But nice. episode one I don't quite remember. I remember the big hullabaloo and it was on the news and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that too. Yeah. Uh, my first four years to Star Wars in general was uh, when they re-released them in theaters. Yeah, like, yes, uh, exactly. Like, Same here. <laughs> four, five, and six, uh, and my grandmother took me to see all of them except six, uh, because Yoda dies in six, <laughs> oh, and no. she was like, "No." <laughs> she fucking loves Yoda. Oh no! Uh, and what? she was the one who like showed me Star Wars. But he lives forever. Uh, yeah. No, I with his metachlorians. Yeah. No. I just... <laughs> see, I, I, I love. I sincerely love my experience of watching the re-releases because mm. uh, I saw them with my best friend's father, Doug Borg, mm. um, and he is an avid Star Wars fan. And, you know, watching them for the first time as a kid was great, but I I sat next to him and I could see him, like, seething with rage <laughs> the entire time. And, like, I remember like being like, oh, yeah, it's Star Wars, it's so fun. And, like, seeing this, like, Anger, like this, like real, just fucking, like what the fuck is this? Well, when I went to go see episode one as a kid too, is uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yes, yeah, so, uh, I, mean, I didn't. I, I love pod racing. Yeah, that pod was, was that. My selling cool. point was me transplanting myself into Anakin and uh, yeah. pod racing myself. They had uh, this game at the was it the Santa Monica Pier. No, it was in the Santa Monica. It was one of the one of the peers. Uh, they have this game. You go, it's, it's a pod. You can ride it. It's the a pod racing game, game right? the arcade game. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love. Yeah, was yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then that that was my entire selling point on that movie was that pod racing. Uh, I because I didn't understand pod the political racing, jargon. Jumping in a Nabu starfighter. Yeah. Just being excellent at first I, try. Good God. <laughs> Even good what's God. The, what was the the fine. Uh, slave owning droid salesman. Watto? Watto. Watto, the Jew. Watto, that whole thing just went right over my yeah, head. Yeah, same here. It wasn't what? until like people were like, you didn't realize like all the racism? I was like, what are you talking about? Well, I dude, haven't seen the, this movie the fucking, in so like, years, Asian but... Shatnerians? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why the sentiment was to give each uh, alien race a uh, race to connect with. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, what? Why would you want to connect to that in any way? I have no way. idea that I... And that's 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 what I'm saying. Like I have no idea why. Like they were like, well, we got to make them like uh, Asian, and we uh, these guys Jewish, and uh, so everybody has an alien race that they can. No, <laughs> I, as a Jew, I don't want a fucking Watto. I don't want Watto. Like, yeah, sure, I'm impervious Shice to the yes, Watto. <laughs> yeah. Also, oh, oh. here's another thing. Um, I'm going to tie this into the books a little bit. Um, in the newest Darth Vader, let's just talk about Darth Vader. Uh, he brings out. Um, 
one of the the Roly Droids. From oh, episode I know. One. I saw that, and uh, they activate the Battle Droids. Yeah. Uh, here's what? here's a thing that like yeah. fucks with me. Bullshit. Shield generators. Yeah. As a concept, should have been deconstructed at the end of the prequel trilogies, and. I, I feel like it should have been something that was just like, oh yeah, we 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 hacked shield generators. Don't exist anymore. It's really weird with yeah. the shield generators because uh, why physical... doesn't fucking any everyone have them in the like yeah. post quotes? Yeah, like like the uh, the it... stormtroopers. Why don't they have like little shield generators? Exactly. Around? Does so, the Millennium cause... Falcon have one? Yeah, no, ships have shields. Okay. Yes, that's oh, that on people. Yeah, yeah, it's like personal armor. Yeah, yeah. I okay. feel like the whole point of like. I mean, like, like if you look at it, not cost effective for the. Well, well, it's really (laughs) interesting if you look at Obi Wan's like relationship with droids. Yeah, uh, in the in the first, uh, you know, one through three, he hates them. He has this like very sort of like slave master like mentality towards them. Like, oh, you're dumb, and I find that like because they make droids smart, but not. Too smart. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think the interesting thing is that as his to, first mobs. thing that he says is, hello, my little friend. Yeah. Like, I, I I, think that, like, if you look at it from, like, you know, Obi-Wan's development as a character, yeah. his learning to love droids is certainly, like, a, a subplot of the well, in, entire... In the animated series, and, and this goes more into it, but he, him, I feel like him and, like, R2 and even, to an extent, uh, C-3PO... Uh, he learns to respect them more. There's an episode yeah. where they lose R2, and Anakin's like, we have to get him back, and Obi-Wan's like, why? He's just a droid. Like, who cares? We'll replace uh, him. Yeah, we'll replace him. It's fine. He's, and he's like, no, no, we gotta get him back. And then he tells him why he really has to get him back. He hasn't deleted any of the data from R2, so if the Empire... Which is a through line, right? Yeah, yeah. It's... It's, it's weird. Um... So, at some point they do they you know they get him back, but it, like throughout the episode, throughout the show, it, it feels like he learns to kind of like respect and acknowledge the droids as, as more than just tools to be used by by them to yeah um like he treats them a little more human yeah yeah, yeah. which is you know a larger lesson that we should all learn <laughs> yeah robots. They're your friends. They're your Man, friends. This is Help just, prevent the robot uprising. This just ties right in, of course, to Star Wars Darth Vader, but also to Dave, which I just oh, finished reading. We'll talk about Dave in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to Dave, uh, but that's a huge part of it. But Dave robots is amazing. And humans. Yeah. But Darth Vader, we'll talk about Darth Vader too. Um, I am really enjoying the fact that Darth Vader uh, throughout this uh, is just trying to make up for the fact that the Death Star got blown up. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's nice seeing, like, repercussions in this universe. Yeah, everyone's bossing him. He's... Struggling? He's struggling, yeah. he, he We know Darth Vader, the over, like, the, the Sith evil. Lord badass, and everyone's like, no, you fucked up. Now you have to answer all of us. And he's still doing his, his Sith things of, like, manipulating people and... Uh, uh, Throughout this this entire issue, he uh, he ends up blaming one of the one of his fuck ups on someone else, um, or framing someone else for one of his fuck ups. He frames um, someone else. Yeah, yeah. So he it's it's great. It's it's just seeing him his thinking his his thought process and just everything that's been happening in this book. Because I 
I'm coming into this never having read any of the expanded universe stuff or any of the uh, it's all right it the old anymore. Dark Horse comics. <laughs> um, but this it's it's been really good. I, I've been really enjoying this book. It's only on the second issue, so if you have a chance, yeah, pick uh, it up. Pick it up. One of uh, one of the droid. only uh, Dark Horse stories that I like really appreciated um, was a weird one with Darth Vader, and it uh, takes place uh, right. At his arrival to Cloud City, mm. and the stormtroopers presenting uh, C-3PO to him and being like, this droid stumbled up upon us and we blasted him to hell. Oh, that, that I've seen it online, the panel where he like looks at the droid and he yeah, remembers and it, and it and goes what back his to mom him. tells him that like if you don't care for something, then you're not meant to have it. Yeah, and then he's like, fucking destroy it. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's... I, I love that moment. And, and, and that's basically the gist of like... Why I think this Darth Vader comic works so well is it's a bunch of those moments. Because we, like, we, I feel like the movies can only show so much of him being uh, this like one-sided character, and being able to expand upon him in these comics is, is multifaceted as having fears and 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 wanting to reconnect with his son and and just being confused uh, and uh, would yeah. almost feel scared. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's nice. It's uh, the human monster, mm-hmm. you know? You certainly sound it, make, you certainly make it sound far more interesting than what I thought, because I just gave up on all of these Star Wars Marvel books. Really? Yeah, After you issue should. two I'm of e- the I'm Star excited Wars, for Princess like, Leia. No, uh, I'm, Princess I'm, Leia looks absolutely gorgeous. And yeah. and I love the Dotsons. Uh, their, their work is just uh, immaculate. Um the, the the problem that I have though is like those kinds of things where the the I'm gonna call them droid decas yeah. because I don't I, that's what they're called in the movie but I don't know the words so I just go droid decas mm-hmm. uh, that they're in this but they're in, why are they in this exactly yeah no I I I, I mean he could have just replaced it with something else and this question would not be brought up because now this? now yeah now we know that. They must have been somewhere in episodes four, uh, one, two, three. Well, or I, four, five, I feel four, uh, four, five, yeah, four, five. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like they, they probably. I'm, I'm assuming at some point once the, they're once gonna remake them. They took over. They got rid of all the droids, but uh, uh, all the uh, battle that, droids. That's like a quintessential they... flaw of the prequels. I feel like that's like, you know, not disassembling that as like. You know, yes, they fought them, but, like, not disassembling the droid yeah. army as, like, a standing thing. Yeah. I mean, and it could have been very easily done. I mean, even a fucking throwaway line, like, Nick. we learned how to hack their fucking blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay. And they didn't do that. Yeah. And it, I don't know. Like, I'm so excited for everything that's coming out, but it seems like they're just scrambling to like yes. make up for like all the shit that they put us through. <laughs> Have you ever just seen to make the, everything reconnect. the YouTube yeah, yeah. Uh, what if Star Wars was good? <laughs> no, no. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I'd recommend anyone uh, watch watch that. Uh, just look uh, up uh, if episode one was good. And there's episode two. But mm-hmm. uh, like he uh, the guy, uh, it's belated media. Um, he brings up great points. Like like the fact that uh, instead of um, uh, Naboo, mm. that should have fucking just been Alderaan. Yeah, mm. I never understood why that wasn't just Alderaan. Um, 
there's such a like ah uh, it like because even even alternate I mean we never go on we to never the see that and fucking it, planet it, it from what it seemed uh, out from the Death Star uh, <laughs> it seemed like it was a fertile lush planet I mean there was people living on it and yeah the, so what they could have done by making it Alderaan is making you feel slightly more attached to it to where like yeah as maybe a, as a, actually like have shit. some fucking so when it blew yeah. up it wasn't just like because okay. I mean the the destruction of Alderaan wasn't a thing like that kind of weight never yeah met, I know when anything I saw to that, me as I, a kid until later yeah, I was like, like oh, oh he blew up a star yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, oh, all, he blew up a planet yeah, yeah. that's all oh. I could oh there were people on that planet <laughs> oh I get yeah it I now. never in my head all I was like oh man that's cool like it blows yeah. up planets. Yeah. And I but, don't know if that was the original point of, like, look at this cool-ass spaceship we have that <laughs> blows up fucking planets. It's not a movie. Yeah. Do you hear the rumors that uh, Princess Leia has a Death Star in the new Star Wars? What? Oh, really? She yeah. Just rides around that's fucking hot. That, yeah, and that awesome. she's, like, that. that's her, like, thing. Of operation. Like, well, she's, like, basically, like, should we fucking use this? That's her, uh... Oh. That's her shit. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's fucking heady shit. Yeah. I don't know. In the new comic or the new uh new movie oh yeah it's crazy fucking rumblings yeah. <laughs> but cool. from droids we go to dave, dave which droids. is the closest dave. thing to fucking scud the disposable assassin that i've fucking <laughs> read in forever and it's great it, it is so good this gentleman <sighs> uh ryan ferrari i believe I'm so forgive us if we are pronouncing your, your name, name wrong uh, you you're wrote, awesome. You put out two amazing books this, this week, yes. uh, Dave and Kerbsom, which we will talk about later. But Dave uh, awesome. is about uh, humans. Humans built these robots. Uh, the robots, at some point, inevitably uh, rose up and uh, killed all the humans, as uh, you would. They're meaty counterpoints. They're meaty <laughs> counterpoints. Uh, and instead of expanding and flourishing as a society and going out and maybe conquering the rest of the universe, they replaced the humans and just, because they, they knew no better. Yeah, he explains just... it in, in the book that they just took the place of the humans. They did what the humans taught them, which was to just consume and live and have almost a, a sense of mediocrity to their lives yeah. uh, and never expanded upon the arts. They they reached the pinnacle of what they were going to be and, and that's it. Yeah, and this character Dave, um, after the humans were killed off, uh, everyone apparently wanted a piece of Earth, and so aliens and just a bunch of different creatures came to Earth, and they destroyed all of them. And Dave was part of the uh, the soldiers that that took them down, and he was he was a big fucking deal back in his heyday, and now he's just stuck behind a desk doing his nine to five, and is at that breaking point. Uh, where he just the cusp, the yeah. cusp. Yeah, he just doesn't want to fucking do that anymore. When and then, towards the end, you see a, a new alien ship kind of pop down, and then the aliens pop out. And the, the first thought, to, yeah, was I'm sure you guys had the same thought. They pop out. I was like, is that the brood? Oh, they look oh, like the brood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they look like the brood. Um, but. It's just such a great book. Well written. Uh, the art is really good. Yes. Um, it is a fantastic book. <laughs> it's, it's like a slice of life comic within a sci-fi setting. Yeah. Um, it, it's running on uh, what I like to call the Hawkeye principle. Yeah. Mm. What's the Hawkeye principle? That's mediocrity in within, a superhuman yeah, setting. In a nice package. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, it's oh, God. I love this book so much. Um, it has an amazing or, or, cover. Yeah, it has an amazing staples. cover. But uh, there's just so much in here to to just that. I mean, just has has devour. been done before, but it's just digest. Uh, is always it's always nice, and it's. I feel like it would ring a lot of bells with some people. Yeah, yeah. if anyone is a fan of Scud, the disposable assassin, um, if you have a nine to five job, this and you hate is <laughs> yeah, boss that you hate. This is like. A beautiful uh, spiritual successor. If you used to be a warrior that yeah. fought aliens, this come is on you. down. Come on down. Um, my That's favorite a- thing at, is at the end, though, where she's like, "Because uh, they're robots, they can't have <laughs> kids." Uh, she's like, "What was it?" Uh, here's out. Oh, uh, prove it, Dave. Prove it to me. Prove it to your son. We ordered him months ago. I assume you <laughs> forgot he's in the other room playing video games. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> the, the funny thing that happened, though, when I was reading this was that there's right, the page right before he goes through his living room and there's a kid playing video games in the room. And, like, he walks through the living room and then he pops back in and says, hey. And the, and the kid's just like, like whatever. whatever. So I thought, like, this was just his son that we already had. Yeah, and no, and then, he completely yeah, was like, fucking oh, forgot. that's my, I didn't realize there's just this kid in my living room. Um, Apparently he's mine. Also, they're they're very human in, in, in their ways. Uh, the robots in this in this uh, series, they, they dream. Um, <laughs> they don't call it dreaming, but they dream and they... Uh, they go to strip bars. They go to strip bars and get drunk, um, I, which Dave blows off work, and that's my favorite thing. It was like 14 hours later. <laughs> There's also, like, I just like the way that they kind of switch out terms. Like, yeah. when uh, when he's fighting with his wife, and she says, force quit. Just force quit, Dave. And I yeah, it's, so it's, funny. it's almost uh, elite speak type of thing, uh, where some of the... D- Dave is written in D4VV, or VE. That's your favorite thing in the world, right? Uh, yeah, yeah for elite speak. I, I, as a callback, I feel like uh, you've complained about this yeah, I, with a few other titles. I, have, I don't, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it makes, it makes sense in this. Yes. Well... Does it though? Because yes, all, it all of their names have fours in them. Why? Why not? Not necessarily fours, but they have different letters. It's. It's like I said. It's. It's plus they're robots. No, yeah, plus I, they're robots. From what I from it what I noticed, uh, all the A's in their names are replaced with fours. Which, is, I mean, there was a there was an image. Wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Uh, there was an image. This image. One of his coworkers, the the coworker that takes him to the uh, the strip joint. Um has a very spider-like mm-hmm. feature, mm-hmm. and then his arms just moving so quickly. And this this image just... I, I couldn't get over it for some reason, just him looking like a spider yeah. in this. It was so cool. <laughs> I also... Well, I, I do like what it says about, like, you know, the mimicry of robotics and how, like, you know, the evolution of it, like, just basically is mirroring our world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's fantastic. Pick up Dave. It's yeah, great. It's so good. Dave's um, the shit. Do you want to segue laterally into Curb Stomp? Yeah, let's or go. Do, would yeah. you like a turn, Josh? Fucking do Curb Stomp. Um, I Did just want to do a quick shout-out. Um, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, put out uh, a special issue of Criminal. Uh, it's a very beautiful thing. He came in here uh, picking up, ages ago, picking up a lot of uh, Savage Sword of Conan because he told us that uh, it was the most widely read comic book in penitentiaries. Savage Sword Savage of Conan. Sword of Conan. Uh, and I don't know whether that was through some dist- distribution thing back in the day. I have no idea, but uh, allegedly it is the most widely read comic book in 
prisons in America. Um, and this issue of Criminal that just came out um, is a, a beautiful homage to that. Um, takes place in St. Quentin. Uh, it's amazing. That's all I want to say. Just a little, little tidbit fact. And um, it's a great book. Uh, support Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. They are they do amazing work. They are the masters of their craft. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, Curbstone. All right, Curbstone, which is also uh, written by Ryan, who uh, wrote the previous uh, Dave. Dave um, is a completely different book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Curbstomp uh, is about uh, five girls. Uh, who are part of uh, a, a gang. girl gang yeah. um, that takes care of their turf uh, of a rundown area. Uh, it's broken up into three turfs. Yes. Right? Uh, and they live in Old Beach, which in is Old Beach, in the yeah. middle of the three territories. One, the ter- well, I don't want to say left and right, but because yeah. I don't know. But the one area to one, the one, uh, one neighborhood to one side sells guns. The other neighborhood is drugs and they're just in between trying to keep two. their neighborhood clean. Yeah, but uh, I mean and it's bleeding in. It's they're punk rock girls and I love punk rock girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh I it's just so good. It's such a good book. Uh there's a scene where one of the girls is singing uh a black flag song and I uh went ape shit for it. <laughs> I love black flag. Yeah. Um that was a nice uh Yeah. She's yeah. singing Rise Above, which is fucking awesome. Uh, I, I do love like the it's it's very violent in a great way. It is. Yeah. Uh, it is is much like uh, an old like exploitation movie. Yeah. Yes. Um, they're just girl. Uh, they're a girl gang, and if you fuck with them, they they'll fuck, fuck, you, fuck you up. Yeah. Hard. Um, what happens is that uh, there are rules, as there are uh, within a world like this, as like the warriors and and stuff, uh, where. If you kill one of the other members of the gang, you know, uh, they will come uh, for retribution. Uh, one of the girls oversteps her. Uh, well, she, she, she loses was, it. She was with the right because he pointed a gun at her, which uh, is agreed between all the territories. That, that you don't pull guns. Yeah, you don't fuck um, She beat the crap out of him. And there's there's a whole other <laughs> side to this where there's a government, uh, almost like a government-esque conspiracy with the mayor and one of the gangs, two of the gangs, um, where they're trying to push them out and kind of take over completely that area um trying to uh it says here gentrify and i'm yeah. assuming that's just to kind of like put up a lot of fronts it's an easy word yeah um but so uh the girl curb stomps the, the dude uh and caves his fucking face in he doesn't die but uh the gang leader for the the wrath right the wrath mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, yeah. Kills him uh, in order to be able to to then go back. Blame and be it. Like you killed the yeah, you killed the guy and 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 seek vengeance. Retribution. Yeah, <laughs> and kill the gang and and outs them. You know what? Um, uh, fuck Ghostbusters. <laughs> I want an all female remake of the Warriors. Warriors. Fuck, that would be the <laughs> fucking shit. Ah, oh, that'd be great. And like, um, like have like the one guy gang like try to seduce them. Ah, <laughs> oh, that'd be fucking beautiful. <laughs> we just still get the guy that says, "Can you dig it? Can, can you, you dig, dig it? it?" Yes, like he's just <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of their ringtones. 
Um, but Curb Stomp is just amazing. It's it's Brutal. apparently a four issue run. Um, it's this is issue four. four. Oh yeah, this is one out of four at the bottom. Um, Ryan, you're knocking it out of the park. Ryan, you're on IDW and boom, and you are doing a fantastic job. Uh, we need to find out where he lives. Yeah, See if we can get him on the <laughs> come show. on our show. Let's. He said, let's find out where he lives. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Let's go through his garbage. <laughs> I went to, like, you're talking about a gang book, and now you want to find out where he lives to fucking well, curb stomp him? Uh, whoa, whoa, I didn't want to make Aristotle, it seem, stop, putting, Aristotle. stop putting curb in his mouth. <laughs> and then stomping. Yes. Escalating quickly here. Um, yeah. Those are my three. I have a fourth that I'll talk about later. Um, uh, can we just talk about the obvious? Yes. Yes, I feel like we need to spend some time on this. Uh, going from girl gang to girl... Girl Speederman. Girl, girl Speederman. Um, Spider-Gwen. I, number one. Uh, so, I will say this before I go into it. Uh, something I read the other day, uh, which was fantastic, was... Uh, oh, uh, there's already a... Uh, it was like, oh, isn't there a spider... Uh, here's Spider-Gwen. She's a, a Spider-Man for... Or a Spider-Man for girls. And the rebuttal was like, there's already a Spider-Man for girls. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Anybody can read fucking Spider-Man. Like, you don't... You yeah, don't that's, that's not the way I saw it, though. I, the way I saw it was just, uh, obviously, parallel universe Spider-Man. No, no, but yes, this is of course, just, but, you know, uh, in my own opinion, a much cooler Spider-Man. Oh, it's fantastic. The, it's a, a fresh... No, well, not a, I don't want to say a fresh take. It's just a, like... You what don't have to know the entirety Spider-Man? of Spider-Man's history in order to be able to get into this. Yeah. You can just pick it up and have it be a fresh start for you or anyone who wants to read it. Um, or and anyone that wants to read Spider-Man. Because the way... I mean, I don't read a lot of Spider-Man, but whenever I talk to people about Spider-Man, they're like, oh, I get it, he's a kid and he has problems and he can't pay rent and he can't keep a No, I love Spider-Man. They, Spider-Man they, is, is much like an abusive relationship. I feel like Spider-Man, uh, and not to use terms that, that I guess Nolan uses all the time, feels almost like a, a what he what would he would call a millennial. Yeah, mm. uh, like that's what he's kind of turned into. Yeah, that he's just kind of like I don't know what I'm doing. But that's, that's I mean why I was so excited for this because although he has his uh, own company right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean thanks thanks Doc Ock. Thanks I know thanks Doc <laughs> Ock for getting his shit together. Yeah, I feel like that uh, Superior Spider-Man was like a very. I was very opposed to it initially, but it was a huge slap in the face for like that series, and it's what it needed. Yeah, yeah. I think Spider-Man. You know, like I said, it's like an abusive relationship. Like they do horror. I mean, we grew. I mean, I grew up in the '90s. I fucking had to deal with the Clone Saga. (laughs) That shit was the stupidest, (laughs) stupidest. And I read it all, and I was like, "Is this?" I had a. I owned (laughs) when I was younger, and. and, I think one of the first times I went to a comic book store and I, I bought a comic with my own money was uh, I bought that 101 Ways to End the Clone Saga. Yes. And it was just all of them talking about how to end the series and they didn't know and just making fun of themselves and the, what they had yeah. done. And I still loved it. it it's it, I, I Yeah, but that's that's what I mean. Like It's like I keep going back, yeah. but it hurts me so, <laughs> so badly. Like and and him fucking selling his goddamn secret identity to the devil. Oh uh, yeah, that was what um, to Mephisto. That was yes. yeah and yeah. Dormammu. It was. Re- it's just like everyone what had like spider amnesia. Like everything was still the way it was, but no one remembered. He but... wasn't married to Mary Jane anymore, and then everyone had spider amnesia. Yeah, or unless he like 
showed them his face, uh, like out of the mask, they were like, "Oh yeah," because there was a scene where he was talking to Fantastic Four. And they're like, "We know you, but we have no idea who you are." And he shows them his face, and they're like, "Oh, Peter, right?" And they're like, "What? <laughs> what?" <laughs> like no one's Mister Fantastic's not questioning this. Going like, "Why do we all not remember?" Yeah, but I, I mean, like, especially with Reed, I feel like he's like mind wipe central. Yeah. Speaking of mind wipes, uh, this is totally off topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Completely. Uh, Aristotle lent me uh, Back to the Future, uh, oh, yeah, and yeah. I've been revisiting that. We have yeah. a Back to the Future art show coming up on the 6th. Um, it's going to be great. There's going to be a DeLorean here. DeLorean, uh, 88 artists. Uh, it's going to be really great. Uh, I noticed something creepy about Doc Brown. Uh, in the second one, he has a date rape gun. Oh, that yeah. That makes or her just, sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, hey, why does he have it? And then yeah. the weirder thing that confirmed my, like, creepiness of that is uh, he's like, oh, you better find some smelling salts to wake her up. And I was like, you don't have the smelling salts. Yeah. That's fucking, <laughs> why do you have a you sleep have gun, gun? And not the smelling salts. And sense. not, what the fuck, Doc Brown? <laughs> That's a little fucking creepy rapey. Yeah. I was just so distracted by those shoes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was just so distracted by time travel. <laughs> yeah. I, I do, I do <laughs> I like... I overlooked it. Uh, in rewatching Back to the Future 2, I love that movie because it's a fan letter to the first movie. Yeah. In, like, the most beautiful way. Like, the whole, like, uh, well, I think second the one that, half that, of it. Well, I think that people remember the most is the second one. Yeah. Because yeah. it's got the most uh, iconic Future. imagery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the future uh, stuff. It's the third one I feel people tend to forget. Steampunk. Birth of Steampunk. Thanks. Time traveling steam train. Uh, Fuck. Be- the thing about that I think about uh, when I watch Back to the Future is something that I actually learned uh, from the Nerdist podcast uh, that I didn't realize because I didn't grow up in the time when it had been in theaters. But 80s. The, the 80s. Uh, <laughs> that at the end of Back to the Future 2, it has the trailer to Back to the yeah. Future 3. And that not... That as had part it, of the movie. Yeah, that yeah. hadn't occurred to me as something that was like revolutionary. That had never... Or at least not that I... Maybe there were other things, but that just were not done. That the fact that yeah. they were like... like there's hey, we're footage. already doing this. Yeah, like, there's already we're... footage of this thing that's going yeah. to happen. And that's... Well, they, it plays a little bit into the time travel of... And I was like, oh, I never thought of that. I've yeah. just always had access to it. Well, they filmed them back to back. Yeah. So they were just had to be like, hey, but check, check this shit out. Like, I just want to know, was that the first, uh, not after credit scene, but, you know, a kind of Has there been talks about remaking that one? Back to the Future? No. Why would they Please? do that? Yeah. They're <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're remaking really? I mean, everything. Why? Why? Michael J. Fox is not dead yet. <laughs> I think there's been talks of expanding it. Right. Back to the Future 4? Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't think they've actually... Good. I, I, Leave that shit alone. Because Christopher Lloyd looks the same all the time, <laughs> forever. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we can go back and ask him about I the feel like time. he was born just looking that old. It came out a wrinkly old baby. Yeah, he just... We can get Michael J. Fox to go back and be like, Doc Brown, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but why do you have this gun? Why do you Yeah. Have... Can we talk about this gun? <laughs> yeah. And it's just it's just so nonchalant and and it wouldn't be that weird, <laughs> but it's like he makes a point about saying like, Oh, you need to get some smelling salts to wake her up. Yeah. I was like, Why the fuck don't you have Ugh. <laughs> uh. 
But now, uh, let's, also, sorry, what, sorry. Yeah. also in the future, they sell those guns. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what the hell? It's like I was, I was talking to someone. I was like, hey, uh, we were talking about smoke bombs. Yeah, and we were like, wouldn't like a smarter thing be like a smoke bomb with sleeping gas? Yeah. And then they were like, that's the worst idea ever. <laughs> Why? Because it just be a bomb of terribleness. Well, I mean, no, that's that's great though. Like, I, even if it lands in your camp and you get like hit with it too, it snaps. waking up from a nap and going a like, smoky nap. You no, know, in retrospect, well, I should have ran away. What, what were we? What were we fighting about? Yeah, that's true. Let's just let's, my mom. Let's my, go get breakfast. My mom <laughs> always used to say, uh, "If you take a bath with someone, it's hard to fight with them." I feel that way about smoke bomb sleeps, <laughs> sleep naps. Take a smoke bomb nap with someone. Yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to, to fight with them. It's hard to yeah. be like, hey, yeah, what are, what are we doing? Let's, Let's get some coffee. coffee. Yeah, these uh, eggs are on me. <laughs> World War Two over. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get back to Spider yeah. Gwen. Yes, uh, Spider Gwen. I thought uh, it was pretty cool. The art. Uh, <laughs> that's where we're going. That's, that's that's the, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great book. Um, the art reminds me a lot of Sean Murphy uh, with a mix of. Uh, uh, Tradmore. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very kinetic. Yeah, kinetic, and and also like the the way the uh, bones and like the structure of the characters are in the bend, um, and the it's just beautiful. And the color palettes in this yeah. book, um, that blue and that pink are green. Fucking well, her costume great. design yeah. is just, I think, one of the most beautiful things that's happened in a spider book in yeah. fucking forever. It's sleek. It's great. It's just, it's fantastic. I love everything about this book. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't think I had a complaint about it. My complaint truth. is that there, the, uh, Silk also came out. <laughs> and it's like, fuck. Now we have two. Two ladies. Yeah. Two but, spider ladies. Spider woman's book. Two badass. Uh, yeah. Spider Gwen. And Spider uh, and Silk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, I had John Angaro. I think it was John Angaro asked me, "What do they call her? What do they call Spider Gwen? They just call her Spider Gwen, like in her universe." I was like, "No, she's like Spider, Spider Woman. Woman, but in another universe. Yeah, in a yeah. different universe." And he's like, "Oh, which, right, yeah, because uh, they don't know her fucking name." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I really like. Be uh, this whole this whole other universe. Uh, I just like the placement of these characters that we know of in different in different lights. Yeah, like uh, right here we have Officer Grimm. And then we got Foggy Nelson, uh, who's district attorney. District attorney, and then we have Captain Frank Castle. And I was Captain like, oh, Frank Castle is the best. Yeah, yeah. he is like Bullock almost, like a, yeah. a, a, a not a dirty cop, but a cop who gets it's results, like, even yeah. if it's going without, like outside of the the, the means of, of normal con- I don't conventional care law. What I have to do. Yeah, who is that on the side though? This person. This uh, no, like, that that's the Rhino. Yeah, this. The Mongol. Yeah, the one who he's who he's uh This is Frank Castle. No, no, the one who he's uh um interrogating. Oh, this guy. Yeah, but there's a girl there. Oh yeah, that girl, I don't know. That I thought was Spider Gwen too. too. No, that's uh Mary Jane. <laughs> that's no, not Mary that's Jane. Not Mary Jane. Totally Mary uh, Jane. Mary Jane is just in the other panel. She's uh they show her with the band. It's Mary Jane. So Mary Jane Diva Betty and Veronica. See, here's Mary Jane. Yeah, she is but, a diva in this. Um <laughs> Uh, not a complaint, uh, but like a harsh criticism. Uh, not even a harsh criticism. <laughs> just the, only, the only thing I could say that would kind of like why do you hate good books, Aristotle? Uh, is that that Spider Verse Spider Gwen 
was fucking golden. Uh, yeah. It's a one issue thing that like gave me everything I wanted and gave and made me want more at the same time. Whereas this, uh, this well, this is just gonna be the comment on every number one. It's not much happened. They're world building. They're style. world building, but I mean, uh, it felt like a it's not a graphic novel. A, a step like... back a little bit. Like all right. Well, yeah, uh, you gotta pull it back. You can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't reveal all your tricks. I know, I know. Does she? I, what is I, it? I, that, that's what I'm saying. I still love. <laughs> I still love this book. That's just like the only thing I could say that would be somewhat does negative have, of it. Does she have web shooters? Or or is it? Yeah, we're talking about naturally. that before. Yeah, I, I don't. Mm. Uh, they, I mean, so far they. Haven't I didn't talked see them. About yeah, I didn't I see them mentioning it. Um, I love that her dad knows who that yeah, well, the fact that she's she she told them. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Like that's. I feel like that that sense of transparency between them uh, is a lot more interesting mm. uh, than like Peter hiding it from like Aunt May all the time. <laughs> Dick, yeah. fuck Aunt May. <laughs> Why is that? Yo, oh, dog, by the way, uh, if, she if raised anyone... him on her own. I don't give a shit. Poor widowing Why is she woman. not dead? <laughs> Why is she not dead? Can't She's we necessary. just fucking move on? She's not necessary anymore. We all know fucking who Aunt May is. Well, not not anymore. But during the formative years of Peter... Yes, of course. Essential. No longer. By the way, if anyone wants to buy an amazing uh, Aunt May action figure, Fat Collectibles (laughs) is selling one right now. I believe it's the Marvel Masterworks. uh, Marvel, uh, it was a send-away that you would get. Uh, It was a special... It's almost Mego-esque. It's an Aunt May. And for some reason, that was the... A collectible? I mean, everyone was clamoring for it. I remember uh, (laughs) everyone just going out, uh, mailing in their box tops, trying to get that Aunt May action figure. Sweet, sweet Aunt May. Yeah. With judgmental, warring action. Yeah, make her, like, kiss the (laughs) Doc Ock one. (laughs) Oh, Peter. Uh, One last thing. is, I I really like this new Vulture look. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not even a new Vulture look. It's just the the design of the Vulture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vulture's uh, a great character, highly underused. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. um, he's he's really been put on the back burner. There was in that a lot second of ways. I think he's probably just. I, I feel like the the thought maybe is that like he's too silly of a character. It's fucking Spider Man. <laughs> I know, but everything's silly. <laughs> there was that true. second Vulture that had like those like mandibles in the front of his face, yeah. like Predator, and he like shot like acid to like dissolve his like. Prey, prey, because he would actually eat people, uh, which is stupid. <laughs> now nah, I thought that was cool. Did you know that <laughs> he was uh, red? vultures are the only birds that can fart? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. Is that an actual thing? Yeah, it's, a, a, it's a true fact uh, because uh, Snapple? of how Snapple much fact? they uh, digest uh, like rotting meat. They oh, uh, they're the only the birds that has to fart because of uh, the, the gases. Oh, like pigeons, like where you can't feed them, like yeah. you're not rice. supposed to feed them rice because they yeah, explode. fucking explode. <laughs> yeah, cool, uh, cool vulture fact. Don't be a dick. Don't feed pigeons rice. Yeah, if you're getting married, don't fucking throw rice. Why? Yeah. Oh, so well. you don't fucking explode pigeons. <laughs> but I'm gonna throw Alka Seltzer. Oh, okay, that explodes pigeons too. I mean, <laughs> let's just not have pigeons around. Josh Carp hates pigeons. <laughs> Josh Carp, <laughs> pigeon avenger. Pigeon <laughs> avenger. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else you got, Josh? Uh, what else do I have? Uh, um, oh, 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 oh. Um, shit. Uh, the fade out came out uh, in trade. Oh, yeah. Oh, Another yeah. fucking Broobs Phillips. If you have not fucking uh, been reading awesomeness. Fade out. 
this is a, a great opportunity for you to catch up. Yeah. Um, I, LA Noir. I, I can't even like kinda. fucking remember what my pick of the week was. It's that's something uh, we sold out of, I'm sure. Yeah. I know. I feel like we sold out of everything. Because I went and looked at our picks of the week today, and they're just all gone. It was a good week. Like, all of them are different. Um, uh, let's talk about Suiciders, and then I'll... I'll, yes. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll uh, Suiciders by... Suiciders. Bermejo? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Lee Bermejo? Bermejo? Um, He's fantastic. Uh, his art is, is incredible. He was... What was that book he was working on? It was the, uh, he did Batman Noel. Oh, yes. Um, and he did, uh, that, uh, amazing Joker series with, uh, that Joker graphic novel with, um, uh, Brian Azzarello from that, 100 Bullets. Uh, I remember, was it, wasn't that supposed to, like, explain what happened to the Joker after the Dark Knight? It wasn't supposed to be, like, a, the direct wasn't tie-in. It was, to, it was, or? it was loosely kind of <laughs> based in that universe, but not, directly they where they had like the riddler with like the tattoo over his stomach and the uh he was like his cane was an actual cane because he had gotten sh- gang shot because <laughs> um, i remember someone told me that and i was like no fucking yeah no he just looked he looked a lot like uh yeah like a heath ledger joker nice um but it, suiciders um is a uh, almost post-apocalyptic i want to say uh title uh it there was a great earthquake that happened in 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 LA. An amazing is this, earthquake. Uh, alternate earth alternate earth or future? Future. Uh, future. Okay. okay uh and it's um so it's, it's kind of like split split everyone uh down the almost, middle. Yeah, they they built a wall around Los Angeles. Um yeah. I, they haven't explained yet to the extent that the earthquake has really affected, but what it seems that is that it happened uh, no one was prepared for it, as I feel like no one would be. Yeah. Ayo. Um, yeah. <laughs> Where's your earthquake kit? Uh, it's, I have one. On you? Not on me. Get out of here. <laughs> it's in my fucking house. Nerd. I carry it with me in my car? <laughs> Shit. I would probably go through it. What would happen is, like, I'd, like, get hung, like, drunk and hungry or something, and then be like, oh, look at these M&Ms in here. Like, You're gonna get drunk after the big earthquake? Yeah, of course. <laughs> There's only ever two things that like keep prevailing uh, after like a uh, massive event. Tragedy. It's alcohol. Looting. It's it's alcohol and some type of gold or some type of like bartering thing. Uh, but alcohol is like the primary one. Yeah, because uh, it's got more uses than just getting you shit faced. Doesn't uh, though? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't just yeah. pour it on some wins and then you're magic. Like in a cured. western, yeah, dude. Yeah. Just <laughs> rub it on there and anyways you're golden. Suiciders. Uh Death so Robot. Death Robot. Death Robot and Suiciders? Yeah. Um Is there a Death Robot? There I mean they're people. They're people in the yeah. robots suits yeah. or oh. mech suits. So anyway, so what happens is uh the fuck <laughs> So what happens is this earthquake <laughs> happens. Destroys LA. Uh, no one's fucking prepared for it. Um, a, a lot like a Katrina esque um, thing, and 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 just everyone starts kind of revolting, and there's there's riots, and there's all the shit like that. Um, and I'm not sure as to why, but they have this game now. Uh, basically, it's Running Man. It be, it's oh, basically Running Man, um, nice. and everyone has augmentations, and, no. and everyone who lives within the city walls um, 
has some type of augmentation. It says 95% mm-hmm. of the people uh, who live within the walls of New New Angeles. Uh, Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah, I know. Uh, Neo Los Angeles. Yeah. Everyone who lives within. In a world. <laughs> everyone who lives within these walls has some type of augmentation, whether it be like, oh, like I can jump higher than everybody now, I've or got like super I've nose. got super nose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just I can shit smell like that. Within five miles. Um, uh, They've got a champion called the Saint, the Saint of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he uh, fights these guys in a game called S- Suicide. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know what the end goal of, of winning the, the tournament is. I don't know if they let you come live inside the city walls. But there's the secondary story going on of these... Uh, um, c- guys smuggling yeah. people into New Angeles. Um and if you are caught being smuggled in, you they they kill you on sight. Um it's it's to a, death. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's a little heavy handed on the uh the the metaphors in front uh, as as Elysium kind of was too. Uh yeah, but at least Blomkamp admitted he fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I I'm still gonna. I, read I, I like I liked it a lot, uh, and I think uh, uh, the thing that drew me in was the art. Um, yeah, I stuck, the, I stuck with for the story. I, the guy that the 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 saint is fighting um, is a titan. Yeah, he looks like a yeah, titan. Yeah, exactly looks like a titan. Like, titan but he, he's supposed to be like a grim reaper character. Uh, I also just want to um, say I feel really bad for laughing so hard. I felt like oh, I'm just mad. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's it's bad. <laughs> you're, like you're an asshole. Like that just kind of tickled all the the funny bones. Yeah. The one thing that kind of like annoyed me was that they haven't introduced this like. S- yeah, it's the first issue, and there's there's another character that seems like he's supposed to be very important in this, on the cover of the book that was not introduced whatsoever, in the first issue. I understand. Uh, I just a moment no, ago and then it, gave shit to Aristotle for world building and being patient. <laughs> But, but I mean, he's on the fucking. He's cover. on the fucking cover, no, of and the then book. it ends with like the next cover, and he's, he's even yeah, more he's prominently like on, the, on the cover. Of that, um, and also apparently no one knows the identities of these of these people that are fighting in the arena. Was another yeah. thing that I saw, but it's vigilante. We'll see. Justice. We'll we'll see where where this book goes. I, I feel like it's gonna be one of those books where it's like, oh, and then there was a revolt, and then we took down the system, and loot, 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 loot. Yeah, loot, loot, loot. Crate. Crate. <laughs> hey. Uh, speaking of Loot Crate. Great, great segue. Yeah. Uh, loot Crate is now uh, an official uh, Meltdown partner? Staple? Staple. <laughs> yeah. Fiona Staple. They're in here with us now. They've got a big old window display that looks gorgeous. Yes. Uh, displaying a lot of the stuff that you can get inside your uh, monthly Loot Crate, uh, which we, is a box full of fun. Yeah, if you come down, um, we have cards that give you a great discount on Get $3 uh, off your stuff. Loot Crate. Uh, not only that, but they're going to be doing a lot more stuff in here, a lot of exclusive stuff. So uh, stay tuned, yeah. dear readers. Keep your eye out for that. Um because they're awesome. They're, yeah, they're cool we people. we love Loot Crate. They're cool peeps. Yeah. Uh, well, I got two more books really quick, and just uh, one of them I want to talk shit. to very quickly. The next one, uh, get in a little more detail. But the the first one is the Thor Annual. Yeah, I thought was cool. It's three it's stories. Cute. Yes, it's 
one of them, uh, and uh, I'm not a big wrestling guy, uh, but one of them is written by uh, CM Punk. Uh, it's CM Punk, Jason Aaron, and Noel Stevenson. Yeah, uh, Jason Aaron's incredible, and uh, Noel Stevenson, who is writing uh, Lumberjanes, Lumberjanes yep. right now, um, and, she and does a lot of great artwork. She's going to be doing another book that I was telling you. That yeah. Oh, yeah, she's bringing back the Runaways, right? Yeah. Yes, she's doing yes. A, a Battle World Runaways, uh, oh, which is uh, fucking amazing. Uh, which I feel. Uh, from reading Lumberjanes and 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 her transplanting like that that writing style into into the, like the uh, characters like the Runaways, because uh, I really love the Brian K. Vaughn run and I really love the Joss Whedon run, but yeah. I feel like this is going to be really good, like really yeah. solid. I I mean like I like that it's going to be up there with those. Yeah. Like like there's not it's really a Runaway thing, yeah. run that yeah. I'm not into. Yeah, there was, and I, I apologize for forgetting uh, the name of the the person who wrote the the last run that was done on Runaways, but that was was a really solid run too. Yeah, um, and I just like more of that canon, like just being there for me to consume. Yeah, it's that and Young Avengers have been like the two books that like I know they're aimed at like at a younger like teen hip. audience, but yeah, hip. but it's it's <laughs> not us fogies. <laughs> uh, you 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 get to. To twenty, and then you just start dying slowly. On <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! But, but uh, wah, wah. This, uh, this is really cool because it, it kind of went back to um, Jason Aaron's uh, start. Or I, I don't know if it was a start from but the previous the, run. Yeah, from with his, the three like, Thors when he was. Yeah, yeah. It's the three Thors. It's Jason Aaron taking on old Thor, Noel Stevenson taking on the current uh, Thor, and then CM Punk taking on young Thor. And so you get to see these like three very different. Sides of uh, I this love character. I love He's old man Thor. Really cool. <laughs> by the way, the the did you read it? Yeah, because the the first story I felt a little weird about from Jason Aaron. It was cool, but I was like, "What is what? Uh, what are you trying to say here?" <laughs> because it's it's long in the future after everyone on Earth is dead. Yeah, it's, new it's, Midgard. So is it is it in between that 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 point after he after the the God Bomb stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, after yeah. That. Okay. And uh but so Earth is So Earth is still destroyed. No no Maker Earth is still... there. The humans are destroyed. Earth okay. is now Thor's personal garden that he tends yeah. to every oh, day. Oh really? That's and cool. It's, yeah. It's and it's like it's my daily reminder in humility that yeah. like because he, he goes back and he's Because what was it that destroyed the Earth? Was it it was Galactus, Galactus. came down? Or like a finally... resurrected Galactus? Yeah. Like a like a zombie Galactus. Yeah, and he, he wasn't around to like stop it, right? That's what it was. Or like he Well he did stop him, but it was like after the yeah. fact. Yeah, but the, the I just felt kind of. If not, you have not, not read though. Jason Aaron's run on Thor, go Please, go pick yeah. it up. It like, is... l- stop listening right now. <laughs> yeah, go Come to Meltdown Comics. It's fucking awesome. Fucking buy that book. Um, it's fantastic. But go on, sorry. Uh, and then his three granddaughters concoct this uh the magic clay. I yeah, what it's called, and they they build them an Adam and Eve type humans. Yeah, and then the uh, that's sticking to Norse mythology. Yeah, but I, except it, they're it's not. Just, uh, it's it's Ask and Embla, I believe, in yeah. the Norse ones, and uh, they've got their they're own, fashioned their out own. of wood as yeah, they've, opposed they've, to mud. They've got their own uh, creation. Uh, oh, and but he also like uh, they, the creation, they also made uh, 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 all these new animals. <laughs> yeah, the, the stupid flying, fucking flying zebras. <laughs> oh no, flying Sorry. sharks. <laughs> they've got Wait, their own creation myth. I, yeah, yeah. The Norse. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Now. Show. We have uh, Jane and Steve. I love those. I, I love. I love uh, creation myths. Yeah, they're because they're all and and dude, they all have like a through line. The best just... one, like I love Norse mythology so much. Like, and I love that like, uh, like the Norse uh, like world opens with like a cow. 
Yeah. And like it licks <laughs> off like a giant, like from like licking salt in the <sighs> snow. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so, if you, yeah, yeah. it's great. Uh, well, look into Norse mythology. I just, Maybe you've heard uh, of it. But it just, it just felt weird as uh, Thor n- now being a, a, like God. Yeah, being God, it was, uh, and not that like I have any like religious ties to that. It was just, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a weird thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. I think it, in whatever fictional world of like old Thor, like mm-hmm. it brings up a lot of really cool things that he could do. Like yeah, the like, potential, be, yeah. for that is like, but just way seeing, weird seeing that happen. His design, uh, his character design is is badass. Well, he became badass. his, he so became badass. his dad. Yeah, fucking yeah. lost an He's, eye. One like... of the arms is from the the destroyer armor. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking badass. Yeah, <laughs> fucking love um, it. Uh, does he have the crows? He doesn't have the crows, does he? Uh, Hume and Mirn. Yeah, which is thought and memory. Mm-hmm. They're always picking at Odin's brain. Yeah, yeah. They're in the movies too. If you look hard. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love Thor. Yeah, love Norse mythology. Norse mythology is like. Batshit insane, and I, I love it so uh, much. We're because... gonna start a podcast just on North Mythology. <laughs> Dude, seriously, let's go through it. Like it is, from creation it to is Ragnarok, like fucking insane in the best possible way. God, then it's so dirty. Like, okay, fucking. Here's a little Norse fact. Uh, Thor had oh, a tiny so, hammer, yeah. and uh, well, it was longer before. What? It was long. It was a long hammer prior. No, it's a, a small hammer, uh, but if he rubs it. It gets bigger. Ah, well, wasn't wasn't the thing that that Loki? Uh, yeah, as a, like a ha ha to you. Yeah, he turned um, into a fly and uh, bit the guy uh, working the bellows. Yeah, and so that's why Thor has a short hammer because he was supposed to have a long. One. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a really like <laughs> hefty, like a, hefty like a, truck of a hammer, uh, 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 like a, a band's hammer, like an orc hammer. Oh, yeah. what's, oh, or a dwarf oh my god, hammer. Ronin, like a Ronin type hammer. Yeah, sure, kinda like a long hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but sure, that's Aristotle. just where my mind went. Loki, Ronin? In, in order to be kind of like, uh-huh, wait, Ronan, the accuser. Oh, oh, oh. The, I thought you were talking about like Frank, Frank Miller's yeah. Ronan. Oh, I, like, no, I thought that. No, I was no, like, no, what no, the no. fuck? Ronan but the yeah, Loki, in order to be kind of like a haha, you've got like a tiny, tiny hammer hilt. Fucking Loki, he's so cool. I love that he like gave birth to Odin's horse. There's a, he so gave birth to a lot of things. He gave birth to a lot of Thor's things. Thor's goats. No, he didn't give birth to the goats. No, no, but just a whole thing on Thor's goats. Oh, yeah. yeah. He can fucking murder them and eat and, them. Yeah, and they come back. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's uh, so great. As a vegan, would you do that? Regenerative goats? Oh, They don't yeah, actually yeah. die? I mean, if I had that. If Knowing I had if goats, you can make some, like, sweet them. ass. Wait. Bidia. Does this goat talk? Uh. Goats do not talk. They're goats. Because, I mean, if there are a way to figure it out, I'm sure it, like, he comes back and he's like, man, stop fucking killing me, asshole. That hurts. No, it's like in The Simpsons. Like, he's like, oh, would you like to eat me? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the goat just, like, starts throwing itself on the fire. Right. <laughs> we just gotta... Like, Aristotle, do it! <laughs> just gotta find some regenerative, uh... Animals and then uh, this podcast is making me hungry. (laughs) (laughs) We just had Chipotle too. The nice people from Eight Two Six LA. Eight Two Six LA. They had a wonderful uh, benefit show earlier. Yeah, it's great. Uh, And they provided us with some delicious Chipotle. Yes, old Chipotle. 
with Aristotle. Oh man, let's try to, dude. We should try to get like a sponsorship from Chipotle <laughs> for this podcast. That sounds a podcast terrible. Down the street. That sounds great. It's, it's right down the street. Yeah, I mean, great. How much money would we save on food? Five, five, <laughs> five monies. Do you only spend five bucks at Chipotle? Uh, yeah, quesadillas for life, bro. Uh, yeah, I guess their quesadillas are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't know. Anyways, uh, the another last thing on the the Thor uh, annual. Um, the nice thing about having a, a thing like that where it's got three different stories is that if you don't like one or don't like the art in one, you can just shift on over to the next one. It's and each one has different art. Uh, each story. That, yeah, I like um, I like the two at the end. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember his name. Uh, the gentleman does the art on Chu. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know. I have. Uh... <laughs> we are bad at comics. Bum, 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 We're great uh, at comics. Bad at comics. <laughs> it's names. Is it I'm, Rob? I'm just bad Illinois, at names. Or is yeah. it Marguerite Savage or Timothy Tron? No. It was the first, the first one? one. Tron. Okay. No, no, no. no. The, the, the first one I said. No, I was just saying Tron. Oh. Anyways. Bam. Uh. The art in this book is great. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Batman. Batman. Where the art's awful. How dare you. Just kidding. Greg Capullo, uh, I love you. Did you guys read this Batman? Yes, I did. Greg Capullo, uh, I Spawn. something interesting happened whilst reading this Batman that occurred Ghost. to me. Uh, but I want to bring up something else to kind of compare it to give you an idea. Did mm-hmm. either of you play The Last of Us? Yeah. I did I started kind playing. of. Because it's a great game, but around the time it came out, a lot of discussions started popping up as to whether it was a fun game. Like, if you could say that that game was fun. Because it's a great game, you should definitely play it, hmm. but it's not fun. You, there's no because, quite enjoyment it's because it's so dark heavy? and grim and heavy. Yeah, yeah, and but you, certain people, certain I mean, people are into fucking weird things yeah but, but like Grand Theft Auto is a crazy violent game but it's fun yeah uh, that game is it's fun very fun but Last of Us isn't technically fun in the way you would think of fun and that's kind of where I've come with this Batman uh, it, I fucking love it it's great but now I'm uh, like um, especially just because of this this new Joker popping up when the Joker first kind of came back up, you're like, oh, shit, this is cool. And now slowly, issue by issue, it's getting, to me, I mean, maybe this is just me, it's getting very dark. Uh, I There's real f- fear of the Joker in me, which is like... That's not good, th- though. It's good and it's interesting, but that's something that I've never had happen to, like, even in uh, Arkham Asylum, Dave McKean's Joker is like disturbing looking but I still didn't quite feel gross reading it like not gross but like yeah like Snyder uh, really like he captures him as like a a, just a bad guy yeah like yeah like a bad human yeah he's just rotten yeah and it's not something I had ever felt no and it's just kind of dawned on me especially after not even uh the, the, they've been having these stories in the back yeah. of all these prisoners that it's written by uh, James Tynion. I don't know how to say his last name. 
but it's been following these prisoners kind of going uh they took telling class, their like joker stories yeah they each have their own James joker story who uh writes uh the woods oh yeah. he does yeah he does oh, okay. he writes the woods and the read the woods if you have not read the woods go read the woods it's great but, but uh, uh go on sorry <laughs> all these prisoners they they take uh um, a hostage from Arkham Asylum, and they all tell her like the Joker told me he's a robot, blah blah blah, or that like he's an alien, yeah, he, or things. he's a monster, yeah. And then this is the last, uh, not the last issue of it, but I, I'm assuming this is the last story from those these little backstories. And the she has this partner that's been writing this book with her, and we all find out in this this part of it that uh, she's right, she's written a book on the Joker. Um. To talk about like why he is the way he is and how he got there, and it's like you guys are all wrong. He's not this or that. Like I looked it up and I have all these facts, and my partner helped me so much. And then she runs away and gets locked in a room, and her partner is there. And then you find out her partner was the Joker. The whole like he was <laughs> yeah. fucking with her this whole time. It was me this whole time. Yeah, like I was like, I, what I got in the way of it? It wasn't like, for your meddling kids. And uh, <laughs> or me blatantly like, telling you this whole issue was like. Jesus, like fucking Jesus. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that the reveal of that was set up when he revealed himself to Bruce, mm. like a few. Yeah, but I. That's always been one of the most frightening things to me in this book that, like, he's like, I know who you are. Mm. I can use that against you at any time. To where, like, just know that I, I'm not. Yeah. Just so I can keep fucking with you. Because I mean, you you see him be dark in Death of the yeah uh, Death of the Family, and like all of these stories have been like great, thrilling, actiony books. And it wasn't until this issue that I was like, this Joker's most current, gonna gross. Yeah, this current run, the End Game, yeah, is like heavy. It yeah. is dark, and uh, I mean, I still love it. I'm still Scott gonna keep reading it, Batman, but yeah, I was like, Jesus, Bat Bottom Girls, they make the rock and roll go around. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Uh, that last book is, uh, you know. <laughs> we'll see how it pans right. out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. He's done after this, right? I hope I not. I don't know. I'm trying to. Who who would you get to take over Batman? Exactly. If Scott Snyder stopped writing it. Felipe Smith. Yeah. That'd be cool. Let's get Felipe to write some, yeah. some Batman. All right. Batman in Brazil. <laughs> Batman in Japan. Chile. Wait, Chile? Brazil? Where's he from? Argentina? It's Argentina. Felipe! Where are you, Felipe? Probably working on turtles. Yeah. <laughs> Probably drawing. <sighs> well, all right. Yeah, I think. On that <laughs> note, <laughs> uh, we're going Really quick, I also just want to say, uh, complete, somewhat unrelated, but I'm sure everyone will enjoy this. I just finished reading Mary Shelley's Frankenstein today. For the first time. Do you want to fucking meddle? I know. <laughs> hey, man, good no, for you. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. <laughs> I like that book. So do I. And But, like, when I started reading it, I was I started just kind steampunk. of... steampunk. I could definitely see that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I could... De- uh, I mean, just the imagery. <laughs> Everything uh, just started steampunk to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the end on the boat. Like... Yeah. Fucking... That's... I was like... Amazing. Damn. But... I, I always know, you always know that there is a... That part movies, with Dracula? Yeah, yeah, you know, where he fights Dracula. <laughs> uh, that movies will tend to stray from the books, but I, I didn't realize how far the yeah, original dude. Frankenstein movie strayed from this book. Well, it, it's so fascinating because I think the actual, like, novel isn't, wouldn't make a compelling movie, per I th- se. I, th- I think it could, if, you know... 
No, because it's, it, so... it's so political. I want to say. Why? It, it's it's just it's. I feel like there was like a lot of heavy-handed metaphors. Uh, with go on, <laughs> go go on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, oh. a lot of stuff with like classism. Like yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's not po- like, is that politics? I don't listen to us. We don't know anything. <laughs> That's awesome. But I mean, now you have yeah. to read Bram Stoker's Dracula. I I have it illustrated by Becky Cloonan. Are you trying to brag this? A little bit. Okay. Just saying. Then you got to read Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, speak- is, was that a book? No. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, that. I don't think. <laughs> Shit. Go read Wolfman. Uh, what's what's like the best? Werewolf story, or movie, or not definitely that, Twilight. Not that last. I do not that last Wolfman that came out. Oh God, with the with the what's his name? Benicio del Toro. Benicio del Toro. I had Toro. so much hope for that movie. I was like, ah, oh, it's gonna be good, and then it wasn't. It was the, not good. <laughs> the <sighs> I like had they the done transformations like, were so I know. bad, and and, it and was like, once he was a wolf. It just looks so so bad. I, if anyone well, who worked I, on that movie is listening to this, I'm, I'm really sorry. sorry. It was just really, I could <laughs> but, not. Get, but like I after American Werewolf in London, this. like yeah. that transformation scene sets such a standard. It's yeah. it that just, it's like you, if you're not I trying felt, to outdo that, go fuck yourself. Like <laughs> hard. I felt like, and it may be, like they were cutting corners. Uh, it, and they were like, oh, it's a Wolfman movie. It's fine. Like, it's going to make money. And it's like, no. Please don't do that. <laughs> please don't do that. Please. We need our Wolfman. proper attention to... Uh, like, why do it? Why sign on? Yeah. There are other movies to make money on. If you don't have, like, a budget already set up just specifically to do nothing but, like, practical effects for a movie like that. And that should be practical effects. It, yeah. it, digital yeah. only so far. Never works. Just don't. Yeah. Just, just, just don't. Just quit. <laughs> what was that? What was that Canadian one with the girls? Ginger Snaps. Yeah, one? yeah, that one was great. Uh, I had never seen uh, those, and my girlfriend showed them to me, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> uh, have you guys seen Wolf Cop? I've heard about it. I haven't no. Seen it yet. Oh. Should we do like a commentary track for that? We could. We should start watching movies and do commentary tracks. Milkcast at the I, mover. Watch out, Rift, watch out, Rift Tracks. We're coming for you. We're coming. We're gunning. We're gunning. Uh, yeah, we should do that with some of the the Marvel movies. We should. I, well, I was going to say, what should our first movie be? And I thought, Gamble del Toro movie. But, Fuck yeah, let's I do mean, Kronos. It makes more sense, I guess, if it was a comic book movie. But, but, I but mean, all Gamble del Toro movies are technically comic book movies. All I, of gold, all did of you guys see the trailer del- for his shut, latest? Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. No way. Shut the fuck up. Oh seen, yeah, yeah, yeah! You the Victorian horror with uh, Tom Hiddleston, dude. You have Shut not seen this. Up. It's been oh, dude, for like it's a week now. The shit. Shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Next. Why, why do you suck at things? We're turning next, this off right now. <laughs> next week. Next week. Aristotle. Right, we gotta, will we gotta go show Aristotle this trailer because apparently is, he doesn't have the internet. This is a trailer for his new. Peak? Yeah. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. All right. <laughs> See you guys. Later. On that note, uh, Bye, guys. we love you all. Thanks, Luis. <laughs> <laughs>